sports fans, and thank you for listening to State of My Sports, where we talk about State of Michigan sports and State of Michigan beer. If you aren't following us on social media yet, please do so by searching State of MI Sports. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast along with our YouTube channel so you do not miss an episode. For even more content, check out our website, stateofmisports.com. Before we get into the episode, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors. The Hobbs Brewing Company and Cafe is the official brewery of State of My Sports. Sicilianos Market helps us pick out the best Michigan beers for each and every episode. Also, Caleb from Mac Web Design helped us get our website created. So check out all of our sponsors and let them know that we sent you. We're back. We're couple back. weeks, couple weeks, weeks off. I was tired. I needed a little break. No, uh, we're we're back here, ready, ready to talk some sports. We've we've missed a, a lot. You know, the, the Michigan Wolverines uh, made it to the Elite Eight. We'll talk a little bit about that run uh, real quick during our introduction. But then we're going to jump into some lines transactions, some players that have have moved on, and uh, a lot of shakeup in the the draft order here as well. So we're going to get into that a little bit, and then. We're going to have Mock Draft 3.0, which is always a good time. We might even do 4.0 next week, <laughs> and then 5.0 the next week. Please do. What are we like? I mean, it's coming up. I think we're like three weeks away, three weeks on Thursday, I want to say. It is coming up real That's quick. That's coming up real quick, and I'm, I'm so excited, man. I love the draft time. And we'll just we'll talk about what, what we want to happen. Um, we, we got, we'll categorize it a little different than what we have in the past, but we'll, we'll get into that. And then, of course, Tiger season and full bore here. What are they, five games in, three and two? Uh, we're going to talk about some some of the players that uh, made the roster. That was a little bit of surprising. Some players that maybe got sent down. That that is interesting. Just kind of talk about the the lineup in general. We don't really want to break down the games too much, but we got to talk about what is it, Badu or whatever his oh, name. Oh yeah, Kiel Badu. We're definitely yeah. going to bring him up and what we've seen so far from him. Love it. Anyways, it uh, we're also going to have our betting hero segment. Uh, we're going to have some fun talking about the Masters. We're going to build our Masters meals. Um, like Dust, Dustin Johnson did, and then we're going to actually have a fearsome foursome draft between the four of us, uh, draft style, like we do, Masters, I don't know, make it make it a little interesting. That'll be our betting hero topic. And, of course, we're going to grade some Sicily Isles Market, Michigan. That is a long introduction. Remember when I started recording introductions to try to cut it down, and then, the, yeah, what, then I just go like three minutes? Kept going. Just just keep talking. You're doing great. Yeah. I had to get – Hey, that get last thing, is that what I'm supposed three, to worry about? Yeah, three okay. three weeks in – or there's three weeks worth of an introduction for sure. But uh, we missed our listeners. I hope you guys missed us. Not too much. But, anyways, we're, we're excited. I, I'm Sam Walter. With me today, we got Micah Smith. Ryan Walter, John Dornboss, working behind the scenes. I, I mean, let, let's really just get into it. And let's, do you guys have anything exciting in your lives? Or are we just we all boring old guys now, right? We don't really have a whole lot of exciting stuff. It's getting warm I mean, out. It is getting warm. I, that I'm is really excited about I just, that. I just spent all day mountain biking, going yeah? over the biggest jumps of my entire life. Where'd so, you go do that at? Uh, Cannonsburg. Cannonsburg. Okay. Yeah, they've got like a really cool skills park there, and and they. There's only one area that's I I don't know seems a little bit too big for me at this point, but I, we were hitting pretty much everything else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did, think did it's a, I think it's all? a healthy scare though. Did you fall on any of the jumps? So I I only fell on one jump, and it was just the dumbest little thing. And I always do that. I always I always fall on the the dumb thing that doesn't have any consequences, and and it, I just like roll out of it, and it's no big deal. But on like the big scary stuff, no, I, I don't fall on no. that. Yeah. I don't know if I would ever dare to go off a jump. I don't think you. Well, you you could do the little stuff. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I'll I'll take you sometime when I get a really nice full suspension bike. You can take my hardtail. Yeah. That sounds awful. <laughs> See, I, I would want to try it, but if I start standing right next to the jump, I'd start talking yeah, talk myself out I, of I would, it. I would talk myself out of it yeah. halfway, and you got to commit. The best, like the second you have a doubt, that's when you're going to really f your head up. Yeah, and that's the, what I don't. Yep. The best do. thing you can do is follow somebody in because then you know the speed, you know yeah. exactly how it looks. Yeah, so well, we, we can make we'll it follow you. I feel it. No, we'll no. follow Sam. R- Ryan's like. If, if I was following Ryan, he'd be like, oh, I'm going to screw this guy. I'm going to go <laughs> gonna way fly. too fast and make it really tough on him because he's going to be trying to no, match my He's going to dart to the side at the last second, and we're going <laughs> to end up hitting it and just biffing it. Oh, man. It sounds awful. It sounds fun. It was a good time. Yeah? Yeah. That's good. That's good. Other than that, I mean, I'm just so excited to just do some yard work. I'm, I'm excited. For, we got rain in the forecast here in the next few days, and then the lawn is going to be Green. beautiful. I'm so excited. Get Get some... All the chemicals down, or not really chemicals, but Sunday is what we're using this year, right? Yeah, Ryan the or- I, organic stuff. Yeah, we're trying something what? new. So usually I have a local company do all of my fertilization, um, but Ryan talked me into Sunday. So it's like an online thing. What, what is exactly? I, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's like an all-natural fertilizer for your grass. They They give you like the weed killers if you need it, and... I don't know. It's supposed to be just a little bit healthier so you don't get all those chemicals in your ground. And for my wife, especially, like there's no way she would let me do something yeah. you know, with all the chemicals and everything. So, Can you use it on Sundays? It has to be I, on Sundays. Everything is scheduled for Sunday. There you uh, go. <laughs> no, but it's actually cool because you even, you even <laughs> dig into the ground and like- Just you avoid them, the Sabbath. You send them your soil and then they like run all the, all the tests on the soil so they, they know what, what you need to- to improve it. Yeah, so. we don't live in Zealand. Nice. Yeah. Neither do I. I'm excited. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to do it myself. I feel like it's a big boy thing. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, but and we'll do it together, right? It'll be it'll be good. Absolutely. Um, but I did want to talk Michigan basketball. Um, so kind of talk a little bit about the run. So they beat. Uh, they had a win against Su- Texas Southern. They won 82-66, and then all of a sudden people started talking. So about Michigan being on upset alert. They were talking about that pretty much right away with the LSU game. They they handled they handled them pretty well. I mean, eighty six seventy eight win. Given Livers was out too. Exactly, and that that's a big big reason why they were on upset alert. And then they did the same thing against Florida State. Uh, they won seventy six fifty eight. Like that, that was a that good game. That was a very good game. And that I think that was the the it felt like a turning point. It felt like that you started to believe that they could do this without Livers. You know what I mean? Big because time. that's what we were seeing. We were seeing a teamwork without, you know, that that type of score. And then you run into UCLA, and then you realize why we were so concerned about not having livers. They lost fifty-one to forty-nine. That no, that is not a a high school score. That is college basketball elite score. eight score. Um, and that was, I, I think, disappointing. Um, and, and I look at this, this run as a whole, and I don't really want to get into Michigan State. I don't think Spartan fans are going to get on us about not talking about them. Um, but, I mean, with, with Michigan here, it was – you say you're going to go to the Elite Eight. When, as soon as we lost Livers in the Big Ten tournament, if we said, hey, we're going to have a nice little run, we're going to go to the Elite Eight, and we'll see type thing, we'd be like, hey, that, that, that's pretty good expectations. But the way that it happened – the loss to UCLA, how bad they looked, how much that game could have been a completely different story, or at least it feels like it. It felt like a little bit more of a letdown than what I would have taken an elite elite eight run heading into the tournament. You know what yeah. I mean? And then it just felt like a yeah. It was, it was it's it was, a lot of conflicting feelings because you know if they were to lose against like Florida State, it, it might feel a little bit different. 
because they're a pretty good team. They're really well yeah. coached. Yep. UCLA, not to say they were a bad team because, you know, you feel you felt really good about that Elite Eight game because you're going up against an 11 seed UCLA. Yeah. But they were hot. I mean, they're they're top scorer Juzang or whatever his name oh, was. Yeah, he's a stud. I mean, he was like, yeah, 29 points or something. He was was their offense in the first half. Yeah. And then, you know, him and the point guard were basically their only options in the second half. The thing that hurts is how many opportunities Michigan had. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's by far the worst game that Mike Smith played as a Wolverine. Definitely. Yep. That is that's might be the worst game that um uh, Wagner, Wagner had as, yeah. a, as a, you know, at least this year, you know. Yep. Yeah. And and so I'm mean, not to say he didn't contribute defensively, but I'm just saying like offensively, man, those guys really struggled. And if they had any any say, we still had a shot. You know, we still had really two chances Several at shot. the end. Yeah. yeah. Where we still could have won that game. Yeah. And I think it, you know, being such a close game, that's why it's so hard to to swallow. But then you see how good UCLA really was. Mm-hmm. The following game against Gonzaga, you know, yep. this absolute powerhouse of a team, uh, undefeated going into there, and then you know they had to have a miracle shot at the end. Granted, it was a little bit different, ninety-three to ninety, but mm-hmm. still, still that close game, and, and it just showed that UCLA was kind of prepped for this. Like they were, yeah, they were having that miracle run. They everything was going their way, and I don't know. I mean, yeah, Elite Eight, Michigan, not that bad, not bad. Uh, it, it seems it, like we should have gotten to, gotten to the final four, and I would have expected them to lose against Gonzaga. Yeah, definitely, especially the way Gonzaga played. They were hitting every shot. There was no way Michigan was going to be able to keep up with them the way UCLA did in, in that final four game. Just but give we'll, us a chance. Yeah, but I think the my biggest focus, and you guys know where, where I stood with with Juwan Howard and the hire and the questions I had. This was kind of the last last straw for me uh, with him and being like, yeah, he, he this dude's a legit coach. He's good. He coached this team so well in these t- these tournament games, I, I, specifically the LSU game. That game was close at times, and then he he just he does he he knows his team, and he did a very good job with that. Even in the loss, I think he was a very good coach, and the team just let him down. And you, you hate saying the team let a coach down because it's kind of the opposite usually, but like he he coached them up, and there was some wide open chances. Even the last shot by Wagner. It was a well-drawn-up out, drawn out play. They just missed a shot. Dickinson missed a shot earlier in that little sequence there. Um, so it really came down to the players just missing the shots. So for me, it's like Juwan Howard is l- the real deal. That was the last thing I wanted to see was him coach in, in the um, tournament environment, and he did a very good job. I, I'm curious what you guys thought about that one. I, I think there's no question. I think last year – it, it kind of was, you know, floating around in the back of everyone's heads going, you know, is this kind of just a lucky lucky year for him? But he continued dominance throughout this entire season yep. and showed he can coach when I when Isaiah Livers went out. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had Brandon Johns step in. I, I, you got to give Johns some credit to how he played. Mm-hmm. But in the end, it was really all on Juwan's shoulders really well, and I mean, that's because it, so much of the offense ran through livers yeah. you know so he really had to change the mindset Correct. of all these players and change the expectations of all these players and he had he coached around the circumstances yeah you know mm-hmm. and they were number one seed with all the pressure in the world and they were playing some good teams in there LSU was a good team Florida State was a really good team um you know I think they're better teams than actually UCLA so yeah that, and that's, they were that's just hot. the part that, that really hurts the yeah most. it is and that is yeah second worst team you played in the tournament but you know UCLA was very well coached and, and they just and they got hot I think yeah as far as a coach goes the way Juwan Howard handled this whole situation uh after Isaiah Lavers went down going into the you know prove it 
time period. Yeah, he proved it, and I I, re- I really think again, Final Four would have been would have been one of those things that would, you know, a little bit legendary, not necessarily. So, but um, uh, do they hang banners for Final Fours? They at do. Michigan? Yeah, I, I don't know if they do at Michigan. They do at most schools, um, except for UCLA. I, I remember except hearing for UCLA, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if Michigan does. I believe they do. I'm um, sure which they I'm do. not a big fan of, but I yeah. mean, I mean that would have been really cool though, you know, to to hang the banner, yeah. in, the, in this kind of a year, especially losing the livers. But again, I mean, they they almost came out of their bracket. They were yeah. they were really close. He did a really good job of just coaching around the circumstances. Yeah, and, and and what they were heading into the season that he he brought he coached his team up to be the Big Ten champion, regular season champion, and a very good team and a true contender. And I think that's that's the real key is he, he took a, a team that was you know. Eighth, let's say, I think is what they're projected to be in the Big Ten. And he he coached them up to play well above their heads, and I, I think that's really exciting. What's going to happen when he starts bringing in his guys, his recruits, even more so, transfer portal. He did a great job of the transfer portal. Can he do it again? What's going to happen with all these guys? There's so many questions, but I, what we know is we have the coach that can you know, bring Michigan to a level that I think I don't want to say Beeline couldn't, but it's like it's going to be every single year. This was their last year I'll say being it. underrated. Say you it. know what I mean? This is their last year of being, you know, fifth to eighth in the Big Ten. They're going to be first, second, third type thing in the Big Ten, and the Big Ten is still a very good conference. I know it didn't show well in the tournament, but it oh, is they're what great. it is. It was fluky a little bit. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll say it. I think Juwan proved this year, you know, like Beeline was always the guy that his system would win games and get him far into the tournament. Yeah. Beeline, or I'm sorry, Howard will get the guys. Yep. Howard is number one in the nation this next year in recruiting, not even close. Like, yeah. you look at the recruit numbers, it's not, yep. seriously, not even close. They're getting some really big time recruits in, and the system works. That's mm-hmm. what's so exciting about this. It's not one or the other, it's one and the other. Yeah. Exactly. That, that's really exciting for sure. Um, I mean, la- last thing was, was really he got the um, coach of the year in the Big Ten, and I think it was the national coach of the year as well. I, I, th- I put AP, but I think this is, this is the same thing. I think it is, yeah. Yeah, so good for him on that for sure. It is time to introduce our Michigan beers for this episode, but before we do, I want to remind everyone of our partner, Sicily Annals Market. They are simply the best beer store in West Michigan, located on Lake Michigan Drive, right between Grand Valley State University's main campus and downtown Grand Rapids. Wherever you live in West Michigan, it is worth the short drive for what they have to offer. Whether they know what you want or need some help from their expert staff, Sicily Annals Market is the best place for that. They not only have a massive and up-to-date inventory of the best craft beers from across our great nation, they are individually priced so you can mix and match to build your own six-pack. They obviously have a great selection of craft beer. They also have specialty wines, spirits, ciders, coffee, tea, tobacco, and cigars. Siciliano's Market also has the largest selection of homebrew and winemaking supplies in West Michigan. We love that Siciliano's Market is part of the State of My Sports family, and it is who we visit to help us choose our Michigan beers for each and every episode. So please check them out and let them know that we sent you. All right, so what we are doing today, we're drinking some some different beers. I'm drinking from Shorts, uh, Double Soft Parade. So obviously they're they're very popular. Uh, soft parade. What they did is they doubled the fruit. It's their uh, fruit ale brewed with double the strawberries, double double the blueberries, raspberries, and blackberries. Um, I mean, who who wouldn't want to try this, right? Shorts. I mean, their their soft parade is their biggest thing. They have the soft parade shandy. They have the soft parade seltzer. They have the regular soft parade. Now they have the double soft parade. That seems seems to be a new trend here in the in these uh these local breweries you know is they're they're kind of taking what's done really well and and putting a new spin on it to see um if they can reach a, a new group so uh yeah double soft parade uh that's what I'm drinking today from Shorts Brewing 
And that is in where is that? Where is that? Well, Somebody help Elk me. Elk Rapids. Elk Bel-Air. Rapids, Michigan. Brewed and bottled by Shorts Brewing Company in Elk Rapids, Michigan. But there's also the the actual breweries in um, Bel Air, like you said, Micah. Um, Ryan, what are you drinking over there? Yeah, I'm drinking M43 from uh, Old Nation. Old Nation is in uh, Williamston, Michigan. So, I mean, this is a very well-known IPA, 6.8 percenter, 65 IBUs, and um, I'm enjoying it already. I don't know if I really need to go any further. If I if I keep talking, I'll probably <laughs> spoil the result at the end there. Right, but. that's a very, very good beer. Yeah, it's, it's great, yeah. Micah. I'm drinking from Big Lake Brewing, their Tangerine Haze, a juicy New England IPA. It's uh, it's got, it's brewed with real tangerines and citra and mosaic hops. This is so hard to read. It's, it's white on orange. I can't really read it. Uh, but there is an American flag, and that makes everyone really happy. You gotta so. love the American flag. You can't go wrong with that. Um, so also we are going to all drink, uh, Peep Patch, from Arvon Brewing Company. Uh, it was part of their um. There's Easter series. They have so many cool cans. I love what Arvon does with with the the holidays and and all that stuff. They come out with, um, you know, Halloween candy, uh, flavored beers. Now they have the the Peep Patch, which is their um, obviously Peep Peeps. Um, everybody knows Peeps for from that. So it is their kettle sour with blackberries, strawberries, Peeps, and lactose. It is five percent alcohol by volume, and we all know how much we love. Arvon Sours, right? Big fans. So we're all going to grade that one at the end of the episode as well. Um, but what we're going to do now is jump into our Detroit Lions and just kind of some tra- transactions over the last couple weeks. Um, if, if we're repeating some from, from the last time we recorded, I apologize. But there's some big, big things happening. Um, players leaving, players signing, trading for players, all, all that good stuff. And then we're going to kind of dig deep in, into the Lions here. But what I wanted to bring up to start with were some players that signed elsewhere. It was, was wide receiver Kenny Galladay. Uh, last time we recorded, we were we were talking that the rumors were that he was only getting like one-year um, offers. And, and the Giants were one of the big um, big names that, that were – talking to him and saying that, that this is what's going on. He ended up getting the four-year deal, $72 million um, w- with the Giants. I, I mean, that's the kind of money I was expecting him to get um, and why I didn't want the Lions to to, to re-up with him because yeah, that exactly. seems like an awful lot of money. Yep. Um, but good for him in that way, and and that, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, he can leave. I, I know it's a kind of a bitter taste in our mouth the way it all ended, Um it would have been nice to already have a, a deal in place, all that kind of stuff. But um, where the Lions are at, where he's at, it seems like good for both parties. A um, couple other things that have, that have happened. Matt Prater, our kicker, uh, he signed a two-year deal with the Cardinals. So he is gone. Um, he was, uh, I don't want to say he's automatic. He had, a, he had a rough year, a but he's been time. a staple. And and I think he, he I remember. He, he was automatic. Not, not. Maybe not this last yeah, year, yep. but he was. He was clutch for this team. And, Absolutely. And, and that was great to see. And I remember when, when we signed him, so he was coming out, coming out of Denver. He had the alcohol, those alcohol issues. Lions, I think, lost their first three of the first four games, and all of them were because of field goal kickers. I want to say it was David Freeze or something like that. Was that the guy that we drafted that was cut in two weeks or something like that? And there was a couple other names, and then we brought in Prater after his uh, suspension was up, and he's been there ever since. And that was... Uh, he was also great. He was great to have. Um, but they did sign a new one that we'll get into in a minute. 
Uh, Daryl Roberts, cornerback, he signed with the football team. And then wide receiver Mohamed Sanu a joke. Uh, signed <laughs> one-year deal with the 49ers. Uh, not 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 really anything big with, with either of those guys, but uh, some people that, that are joining the Lions, uh, they signed backup quarterback uh, Tim Boyle uh, from the Packers. He got a one-year $2.5 million. Uh, $2.5 million. Seems, what a freaking seems like waste a lot, of money. Right? And, yeah. and we still have David Blau on the roster. Am I right on that? Yeah. Really? So this is our third quarterback now. And what this does to me, is, and and we can talk a little bit about this, and it – it throws quarterback out the out the window. Like you can't fool anybody that you're going to take a quarterback now. In my head, because you have three on the roster, you have a decent amount of money wrapped up into these guys. You're not going to bring in somebody now. You're not going to just burn this 2.5 million dollars. Eventually, cut Tim Boyle because you drafted, let's say, Trey Lance or, or Justin Fields or whoever's whoever's available. We'll get into that mock draft 3.0 in just a bit. But I I, I hate this move. This is the first move that I'm like, what in the world is the point of this? You could have got Tim Boyle or the equal, less than or greater than, equal to whatever, Tim Boyle, the day before the season starts, and it wouldn't affect your season. It seems like a big old waste of, of money, and it just it's closed the door, I want to say, for, for the quarterback. It, I, I want to say this, is, this has to be one of those locker room deals that maybe we don't understand, but... Maybe he's a leader. Maybe he's the perfect, you know, sidekick backup quarterback because people talk about the job that backup quarterbacks do in film yeah. sessions and everything else. Maybe he's that guy. I don't know. I hate spending money on a backup quarterback. <laughs> right. it's the if worst. you lose your quarterback, I mean, lose the yeah, games. lose the games, yeah, <laughs> right? especially in the Lions shoes. Yeah, exactly. If you're like a top contender, let's just say you're the Packers. Yeah, like exactly. I understand spending some money on a quarterback because if you, if Aaron Rodgers goes down for three games, you don't want that three games to be the reason why your team does not win the to make the playoffs. The, or, yeah, or exactly. Or be the one or two seed. Like so, you don't want that excuse. But with the Lions, my goodness, like who, who cares? It's so frustrating. Yeah, it makes absolutely no sense. You cut uh, Chase Daniel, you burn that money. And now, now you just signed another quarterback for similar amount of money. Look, I I don't know anything about Tim Boyle. I don't care to know anything about Tim Boyle. Nobody I don't does. care if he's great. Like he's not going to be great enough to win. He's not going to win the job from Goff. So basically, he's battling with David Blau to be on the practice squad or, or be in the, in the locker room. And like you said, it could just be a locker room move. I don't want to lose a lot of sleep over it. Uh, right. But it just Dan Campbell like, and Brad Holmes seem to have a plan that, that seems to be part of like yeah. bringing in the right guys. So if he's the right guy and he's great for the locker room, all right, I guess that's worth $2.5 million. I don't think so, but if they think so and it works out, like – you know, I'll, I'll move on. Yeah. It seems like the only logical move is that is that they saw something in him that they didn't see in Chase Daniel that they wanted in a backup QB for some reason, for yeah. some ph- philosophical reason that they have for coaching. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, it, wait, it, Chase Daniel, that, last it, quarterback, it seems early, right? It, you could have okay. done this after the draft. So and, how much did Chase that. Daniel help the Lions in the last few years? I mean, he lost the you games did. that he played in, so right. that was so, good. So that was good, right, exactly. <laughs> and anybody could – David Blau was better at that, actually. I mean, I, if I if I were the Lions, I would have called <laughs> I would have called Jared Goff and be like, hey, do you have a brother? Because I'd love to keep the money in the family. <laughs> we'll, we'll just pay him someone that you get along with. Yeah, you take we'll, a pay we'll cut. Pay him, we'll pay we'll him pay $1 million, him. and we'll call it good. Your brother will be making more money than he ever thought he would. You know what I mean? Like, but, but Or his it, cousin or somebody. Just bring in somebody that gets along with Jared Goff that – 
keep the money in the family, in my opinion. In the I, end, it doesn't make sense what you were saying. Do it after the, the draft. The, the whole the whole Chase Daniel cutting do it after the draft. Chase that makes Daniel a lot of sense. that money and then signing another backup mm-hmm. QB. That let's, doesn't let's make sense. Let's move on though. Yeah, I don't right. think that's that consequential, but it just it's just, annoying. It Two and a half fir- million. It was the it's first, first decision by them that I was really like, yeah, didn't seem like the right timing. But one move that we really like, Michael Brockers. So they traded. Um, for defensive tackle Michael Brockers from the Rams. Uh, the Lions sent a 2023 seventh-round pick to the Rams for Brockers, and then they signed him to a three-year deal uh, worth $24 million. This is part of the Goff deal and, and Stafford deal, right? No, 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 no. This, this is, is separate. separate? This is completely separate. I thought he was a player to be named later. I no, thought he was... That, no, only baseball does player to be named later. I think. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm <laughs> way off. Either uh, way, no, I'm pumped was, by this. Yeah, so, I mean... This, I think, is a huge move because it filled a massive need uh, a defensive tackle, and he's a very good player, and it sounds like he's a locker room guy that is great to see, right? I mean, I, I really think it's a great idea bring in this guy that can be a leader in a position of need. Now you don't have to worry about this in the draft. You don't have to try to sign anybody else. You went out and got the guy you wanted, and, and you got him f- for pennies, pennies on the dollar for this guy to, to go get a, a true starter, um, in a position in need from from the Rams, he's a good player. He's part of the 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 focus of the organization with Brad Holmes and all that good stuff. So with their I, defensive scheme perfect. and all the yeah the new stuff, perfect move. Yep, Jamal Williams signed. Uh, he was the Packers Love backup uh, running back. Oh, really? All right, so he signed a two-year deal worth up to seven and a half million dollars. You like you like this signing? Oh yeah, I love it. Yeah. All right, can you tell us why? Well, now we don't have to spend a draft pick early on in a draft to get a guy this talented and valuable. And we're not spending a whole bunch of money. Like this is three and a half, you know, three point two five million dollars per year. Yeah, or three and a right half, three seven five. You're getting a lot of talent for that money. Yeah, and I, really, I, I, this is a workhorse. This is this is a three down back potential. Like if if we lose Swift for a period of time, he can pick up the slack. He I really feel good about this. Easily yeah. pick up the slack. Yes. So the the only thing that I don't like about it, and and I for the most part I like it. I'm not going to be mad about spending that that little bit of money about on a veteran quarter or running back that can still bring value to a team. I love that, but I'd rather take a flyer on a fourth round pick, bring in another body. You know what I mean? Like let's say the guy from Colorado, that running back, his name escapes me. But like if you can get him at at the fourth round, totally worth taking a flyer on a guy like that. When you have the 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 running back room that you have with Swift, Jamal Williams. And Carryon Johnson, I, I think, is still there. I mean, that's one of the names that yep. nobody really knows anything about. But it's like that—that's already a packed room. So you bring in a fourth-round pick. What what did we do last year with our fourth-round pick? I think it was a fourth-round pick. We drafted him, and then we ended up releasing him, and he went to the Eagles. The running back, fifth fifth round. Was yeah. it a fifth? Okay. Yep. Either way, it's Returner. like you want like I would love to take running backs the perfect position that you can find a steal in the fourth, fifth round, and he comes in and he's a contributor. Yeah, but Right now, he, he's not go going ahead. to be because you don't want a fourth running back in the room. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying, but when I look at this deal, what this says to me is this is also supporting Swift. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and it's this, only two years. And he's a team guy. Like He's he's been the backup his basically his whole career. He's never been the lead dog, so he can play that role really okay. well. And and I I mean I just like listened to some of the um, comments that the coaches were making. Brad Holmes was making about him, and even just some of his interviews that he's had. He is like a high energy, go get yeah. it kind of guy, and I just love I, that. Very. That is, that matches uh, what this organization what the organization's going to. Yeah, with Dan Campbell, 
this is like this seems like his hand picked type of running back with okay. his personality, and he's like a chip on the shoulder. Like people count me out all the time. Yeah, you know, and that's perfect. Yeah, build that, and, and it doesn't cost us that much money. I get that we're spending some money at the running back position, but I'm sorry, it's a valuable position. Yeah, and, it and is. with Swits, he's you a, know, injury concerns. Like you said, he's a highly energetic guy, and he's a super positive guy to have on the team. Big difference. If you if you yeah. listen to some of the Packers' uh, reactions to him too, like the locker room loved that guy. Yep. Yeah, they just thought he was a difference maker in the locker room. He was he was a high energy guy who everybody loved. He came to work every single day. So I, I love the move. Yeah, another another side. Obviously, I was kind of arguing against. It. I I don't hate it as much as I, I was kind of arguing. But like another thing, it's like now you can use that fourth round pick that we could have taken uh, a flyer on a running back in. Fill up our defense because you can get valuable corners, valuable secondary, valuable depth guys on the defensive side of the ball with that pick instead. So now it's another question mark that is filled. Same with with defensive tackle. We don't have to address that if we don't want to. Running back, you don't have to. Heck, you kind of be mad if you did now, right? So I like that. I like that you scratch that that position off the, the list of needs you don't have it and you don't have to sign a, run, a running back off the 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 street that's overage like we did last year with ap you don't have that you don't have any of it so you can kind of move on uh real quick i want to run through some of these names that we've did uh randy bullock uh will be the the new kicker uh brashard perryman uh perryman's son right like he that's Brett Perriman's son. Brett Perriman's yes. son, right? Yeah, I so love I love year, that. One year deal. Also, last episode that we recorded, you gave me ten of those options of the wide receivers that we we was he on there? He was on there. He's like three or four. So you're not five. happy with it? No, I said if there's anybody <laughs> that I would want to want to take, it would be Perriman. One because of the Lions thing, you know, yeah. he's got a Cheap little deal. background there. And one year, three million, it's a no brainer. He's a huge upside wide receiver. All right, uh, Charles Harris. Uh, the defensive end, I believe. I don't have that written down for some reason. Uh, basically, he was told to just go get the quarterback. That's going to be his job. Uh, just a depth guy. Don Mulebach coming back for the 18th season. That's great. Filling the wide receiver room with Khalif Raymond and Damian Ratley. I mean, th- these guys don't really get me excited, but they're filling filling the needs. They're speed guys. And, and Yeah. Where's yeah, Raymond is that what from? It is? I don't know. Oh, yeah. If someone wants to look up where where he's from, real quick, while I go through the rest of the names here, uh, linebacker Alex Anzalone. Never heard of that dude. I'm not going to pretend that I have. Um, but then here we go with with dude, the- Anzalone is a is a guy from the Saints. He's from the Saints, and he's 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 actually a really big pickup. I really like him. Really, he lost his uh, job last year, starting job last year, because they brought in a really big time. They traded for a linebacker midway through the year, but he's like a speed. He's a speed linebacker, but he's like two forty-five, so okay. he fills both needs. He's, he's really underrated signing. I really like him. All right, um, and then sign a couple corners here with Corn Edler. Uh, he signed a one-year deal, and then Quentin Dunbar Huge. also a one-year deal. You like you like both of those? Oh, or? I, oh Dunbar. Dunbar is a good signing. Sorry, sorry, John. I think he looked up. Did you look it up for us? I thought, oh, sorry. I thought, I thought you were yes. getting, thought you were getting yes, ready. You were getting ready to talk. Khalif Raymond, career 19 catches, 369 yards, and one touchdown. Ooh, yeah. From, I, where did he play? Two years with the Tennessee Titans. Probably like a four-string 
wide receiver. Yeah, he, he, that, even that, more, like six a, or seven that's string. That's a team that's been looking for wide receiver depth for yeah. a long, long time. Look, I, I think it, what, what the Lions have been doing is they've been filling roles with guys who have not had the opportunity in game situations quite yet, but with a little bit more, you know, like a high, higher upside than just the standard normal wide receiver. He is a speed guy. Okay. He he did return. He was their, their returner for a while, a couple of years, I think. And I, what I think they're doing is, you know, if they do go get their number one wide receiver out of the draft, yeah, then these other guys can kind of fill the gaps, like okay. a, like a Marvin Hall type. All but, right. but Quentin Dunbar, just real quick, 2019, he was the second highest rated cornerback from Pro Football fo- Focus. Really, second highest rated. He was with Seattle, is that correct? He was with the Washington Reds, Redskins at Redskins the time. Then. Yeah. But so, the, I thought he was with Seattle. Well, last, so last year last he was year traded was? to Seattle. Okay. He, play, he only played six games with them, and he and then he ended up getting a surgery on, okay. his, on his knee, I believe it was. Okay. Um, and, and they basically – he had a terrible year. His stats were awful last year with Seattle. Right. But they said that they had to just get him out of there because he needed to go fix his knee. And if you watch the tape, it is obvious that he was hobbled, he was struggling, he was like limping on the field for all six games that he played. And I really think like this is a really underrated signing. There's there's no risk to this signing, and there yeah. might be a huge reward. That, that's what I love about just like these signings in general. A lot of one year deals, these low amount of money, like nothing crazy. Like they're just they are focused on the long term of this build. People and, you can move at the deadline. Exactly. That that's another good point. Part of it. It's but these the low money, one year deals. Expiring contracts, it's show me. It's show us you deserve to stay in this league. Otherwise, we will draft somebody to to replace you. Well, and that's what I really like about this. And a lot of these guys have previous experience with the coaching staff or with Brad Holmes. So they, they were on their radar this whole time, and all they need is the opportunity, at least from the coach's point of view. And, again, they're bringing in their staff. They're bringing in guys that they know they're familiar with. And the more that they get out of these guys – you know, like Quentin Dunbar is a perfect example. He was expecting the the sign and trade to Seattle and end up being a long term deal. He didn't get the long term deal, okay, and and he was mad about that. So if this can be the one year deal that turns into a long term deal with the Lions, if sweet. he if he likes the culture, that's the perfect guy to get. He you did took also the words right out of my he mouth. He did also have a run in with the law. I know his charges got dropped, but I remember him running into to something along those lines. Uh, I don't remember exactly what it was, probably assault or something like that. But um, <laughs> probably <laughs> that's usually what the football players. It's football, do. yeah. <laughs> it's a but dangerous sport. I remember, sport, man. I remember it, it getting it getting dropped. CTE. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But anyways, I do want to get into to the mock draft 3.0. You guys ready for this? We're gonna do a little different here. Do it. Um, I mean, basically, I mean, we're three weeks away. A little over three weeks as we're recording here on Tuesday, but it's April 29th. I mean, it, it's coming. So the last time we recorded, there have been some, I think, major changes. Major. I mean, yes. this changes the whole landscape of the draft. This is basically what I expected to happen last year with a lot of trades and stuff like that, um, but it's happening before draft day, and that's crazy because what that's telling me is, and, and I, I'll, let me just get into it and we can talk about it. First of all, 49ers trade, traded up to number three um, for the Miami Dolphins pick that they got from Houston. I mean, who doesn't trade up? To three for a quarterback, right? That that's where my brain goes. Oh, they're taking quarterback. Is they are taking quarterback. Hundred percent. They love whoever the third quarterback is on the board. My assumption, like, I mean, w- w- yeah, Justin so, Fields, J- Trevor Lawrence, no doubt number one. 
it sounds like Zach Wilson's getting number one. There, I, I don't think that that I number feel two. like that's or sorry, yeah, number two. I don't feel like that's even a question now. No. Um, so here we are at three. They're going up to get a quarterback. From from what Schefter said, Schefter said he is convinced and he would be shocked if it isn't Mac Jones, which is he, insane. That He's would been be awesome skyrocketing that would make up the board. me so freaking happy his his pro day was garbage i don't understand how he's still Dude, skyrocketing. he's the next tom brady <laughs> well let's take him at three he's gonna, gonna stop he's gonna eating he's gonna stop eating tomatoes anything that has that one thing in it like at nighttime or something and and he's yeah. got he's got such a gumpy frame Tom yeah, Brady. I, I, I mean, I, I, it's just, do you, so are you saying you like Mac Jones i actually do like him as a quarterback <laughs> I, don't. I don't want him as on my team but like i I would not be surprised if he goes nuts and just is an awesome quarterback. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. It's just one of those gut feeling things. 49ers would be a good spot for him to, to do Great that. Spot. I love Shanahan Great and the way spot. That he runs the offense. Um, but I And mean, you know Shanahan's going to get his guy too. Yeah. He's not going to let the pressure of you know the media or what everybody's expectations Correct. are change his opinion on this. It, what's weird is if it is Mac Jones, you think he could get him at his normal spot. I Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm very surprised. I I would have loved to see them let the the draft play out, and then move up to seven to take Mac Jones. Like that's where I like that was kind of my I, I know my I thought agree. With, with this whole thing is like lines at seven as the draft starts playing out, and you still have Mac Jones and Justin Fields on the board. That makes seven that much more enticing. I don't see it as enticing as enticing to people now, but. One, two, three, we know our quarterbacks. Right. And that is that is very, very interesting. That's huge. The rest of the field is untouched at that point. You're getting yeah. a top. So with the Lions of seven, with the top three going to be quarterback, really good opportunity for top four because the yeah. Falcons are shopping their, their draft pick there. Yeah, I did uh, hear that. Yeah. They, they could get a two or three overall best player, you know? Like, if you're not counting the quarterbacks in this, for them, the rest of the field, they could go get the best player in defense. They could go get the the second best or best wide receiver. Or the best offensive lineman. Or the best offensive lineman. Like, yeah. they have – their options are wide open right now. Yeah, so another another thing that happened, Miami moved back up. So, obviously, they traded down, um, and then they moved back up to the uh, – sorry, where is it? Sixth six. spot. So, just ahead of the Lions, they traded with the Philadelphia Eagles to move back into six. They're going for a playmaker. They're going wide receiver, I, I would Jamar assume, Chase. unless Chase. unless, um, unless Penny Sewell's there, and then then maybe they do something like that. But I mean, I don't want to get too much they into could all go of this Smith. kind of stuff. They could go Smith because of the the Alabama connection. That's true. Tua, but um, but then you then the big news yesterday: Carolina, who's the pick behind the Lions, traded for Sam Darnold from the Jets. I mean, th- th- that's a lot of moves right there. Because another thing that I think is important with the Lions, before we get into kind of what we're going to talk about here today, um, the 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 Lions pick was valuable because people thought Carolina Panthers were taking a quarterback. They thought that they were going to take the best one available, Justin Fields if he's there, take a flyer on Trey Lance, something like that. So the Lions pick was even more valuable at seven because who wants to trade up and get ahead of Carolina? Now Carolina's not doing that. They, I feel like they traded for a guy that they believe can be their franchise quarterback or a quarterback that can hold for two years until they find their franchise quarterback. That makes me so freaking mad that that happened because I think, again, <laughs> this I, I look at this Lions spot of seven. I just want to trade down. That That's the ideal situation. And I feel like everything's falling out of place for that to happen. Time will tell. Anyways... 
All right. All right. So what I think this means more than anything is we're going to have to wait until draft night to see what happens. I I don't see a a move here. Nobody's going to trade at the Lions to go get a quarterback at this point. Until draft day. uh, Until draft day. Yeah, because four are still available. Five, six, they're all still available. Yep. So, and, and even eight, you know. So when we get to the seven point and Justin Fields is still on the board, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to rule out the fact that somebody wouldn't trade up to go get Justin Fields, especially maybe a little bit lower than we're thinking. Yeah. And I, it's on the table at that point. But I think our pre-draft trade opportunity is kind of gone at this point. Yeah. Yep. I, I agree with that. Um, so the new order, Jacksonville Jags, uh, New York Jets, San Francisco 49ers moved up. You got the Atlanta Falcons at four, and that's really when the draft, I think, officially starts is at four. Um, you got the Cincinnati Bengals five. Dolphins six, Lions seven, Panthers eight, Broncos nine. That's the the one that I find interesting is you got the Broncos that could take a quarterback or they stuck on Drew Locke. Time will tell on that. That's that's an interesting one. But at that point, they don't have to trade up because if the Lions aren't taking a quarterback, Carolina's not taking a quarterback. But somebody else might. Somebody and, else and might. And the opportunity, that's, that, the draft night opportunity, that's going to be the trade. Yeah. That, that'll be really uh interesting spot. And like you already brought up, Ryan, is, is the Atlanta Falcons are already shopping their, their fourth pick. Because right now they everybody knows who's going to be on the board starting at four, right? That's where I feel like the league knows this. So it's basically, who do you want? Is this, is this like, come take your best player available outside of these three quarterbacks and we can, we can start And I think here. Justin Fields available at four is... Is interesting. Big time. Yeah. Do you not think that Atlanta could take a QB, though? I, they could. If Justin Fields is there, there, it's possible. But at this point, I I feel like they would have moved on from Matt Ryan if, if they were interested. Similar to the Lions. I feel like Matt Ryan and Matt Stafford were, were the, the same in that way with, with their organizations. Um, I see more like Penny Sewell or, or somebody, I don't know, even like Jamar Chase. I, it'd be stupid for them to go out receiver with the weapons be. that they have. Yeah. But I don't put a past them you know one last hurrah with with matt ryan yeah They've done it before it's possible I feel like they need a lot yeah so let's focus a little bit here now on, on the lines we're gonna do it a little bit different instead of um you know us all making our pick at seven based on a specific mock draft what i wanted to do is basically i i, I got a list here i got kyle pitts jamar chase jalen waddle Devonte smith justin fields trey lance and micah parsons those are the names that we're looking at here. Basically, what I want to know is who is your run to the podium? You pick this guy at seven, no questions asked. You are, bar none, just happy. You know what I mean? Happier than a pig in crap. This is exactly who you would want at seven. Then we're going to go down to pleasantly surprised, and we'll take. Is that a saying? <laughs> I think it's supposed to be the S word. Oh, okay. I, I got think it. so. Um, then pleasantly <laughs> surprised is there, and, and you can't pass him up type, type guy. Um, trade down and pray that he's still available. I, I want to know where you guys would trade down to in, in hope. And then basically a guy or position type thing that you just will not take at seven. Um, Mike, if you don't want to get into this, I, I get it with, with uh, no, being more of a Packers fan. Fine. Um, but what I want to start with is basically run to the podium. And, I, and I'll start with this one here for me, Ryan, and, and you can jump in if you want. But for me, it's Penny Sewell. If he is there at seven, I cannot pass that guy up, and I am running, and I am figuring out a way to make that offensive line work with Taylor Decker and Penny Sewell because that is massive for a guy like Goff that you know has the, a decent enough talent to make plays when he has the time. 
I mean, that tells me you're going to have a very, very, very good offensive line like that. Like, you went from, let's say, top 12 offensive line to top 5, if this guy's legit, which it sounds like he is. So that that's where I run with, with, with run to the podium, and that's you can't pass him up. I think that's a great pick because Penny Sewell will not drop very far in this draft. I think guys like Devontae Smith – you know, uh, Micah Parsons, they might fit really well with the Lions, but they also could fall to 12, 13, or 14, yeah. 15 in the draft. Yep. So I think Penny Sewell is a really good pick. I Personally, I'm going to pick Devontae Smith. I just I really? just think his skill set at wide receiver is the perfect match with Jared Goff, and I think he's the perfect number one option with the combination of wide receivers that the Lions have built around this system. Like okay. the really the lack of of talented wide receivers, I think having a number 1 at this point that can create separation on their own will take a lot of pressure off of Jared Goff. Okay. And because because defenses has have to worry about his top end speed but also his, you know, his uh uh normal workload like over the middle or short routes, I think that also puts more pressure on the defensive backs to stay in front of the speed guys that they've been picking up. So I, I think he's a really good match. Um, I know that's not really probably a very popular pick, but I just think Devontae Smith is perfect for this offense. Okay, so I'm curious what you think. Would you take Devontae Smith over Kyle Pitts? I, I would, not because I think he's more talented. Again, I just think he fits more what of what the Lions actually need. I think Kyle Pitts might actually have, I don't know, you, it's arguable who has the better traits that will translate better to the, the NFL. NFL yeah. Kyle Pitts will be a very talented route runner. Yeah. He's not a standard tight end. He's not going to be a tight end. But, he, right? but he's also more of a, a Hawkinson type of tight end. Which like we kind of already have. Which we it? kind of already have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think Hawkinson is – extremely talented. I think he's been underutilized at this point yep. in his career and I think we can get more out of him and pair him with a guy like Smith. I think he's more impactful in the end. I don't think Kyle yeah. Pitts will be so impactful immediately. Okay. Mike, uh, is there a way you would roll here I, for the last thing? I like your Penny Sewell pick. Yeah, it's not the sexiest. It's never the sexiest to go with an offensive great, tackle or an offensive pick. guard, yeah. but it is a great pick. I I I believe so much in the trench play that I think that is a great pick, but I'm going to still side with Ryan with the Devontae Smith pick. I just think he's he's so dynamic in every way yeah. that he would complement uh, TJ Hawkinson and help Jared Goff out getting to that next level. I, I think the Devontae Smith pick would be genius. I mean, as long as he is the star that everyone thinks he is. Yeah, I, I guess I, that's where I would. I, so I'm going to go down to my pleasantly surprise is still available, and I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts. And I would be 100% okay with taking this guy. I know it's not popular to take another quote-unquote tight end, whether he becomes a wide receiver or not. But <clears throat> this guy is becoming my, my true draft crush. You know what I mean? Like From what I'm hearing, from what I'm seeing on this guy, it, he's a freak. And that's like... It, it, if his hands don't translate, his body 100% will. You know what I mean? Like, there's no question about what what you're going to get from this type of player in the NFL, and it will translate as long as he's in the right system. And I, I don't know. that That's the kind of guy that I'd be like, if he's still there at seven, I get it. I'm not going to be mad. I understand that people might be, but like that's the one that I'm going to be like, okay, 
That that's the playmaker that I think could really make a huge difference. W- whether he plays in the tight end position, and I, I I completely understand the Hawkinson comparison. We already have that type of guy, but then you, I I go back to, and I know it's a little different with the Hernandez Gronk uh, comparison. A lot of people like to go with that. I feel like it's a different type of body scenario, but at the same time, it's like that two tight end set does work, and if you have two guys It'd like that, you, then you can have your. Julian Murder. Edelman, oh, yeah. you're any any t- old wide receiver that can be good in this league when you yeah. have to worry about the tight end. Run this way, the guys that, that are way. Do- you yeah. know what I mean? Exactly. So that's kind of where I'm like, I don't like it, but I like it type thing. Like, And it takes a little pressure <laughs> off the running backs too at that point. That, that too. So, I mean, is there somebody that you're just kind of – I feel like we're pleasantly surprised with all of these names, right? That's oh, yeah. the hard <laughs> that, part, That's yeah. the hard part with this whole – and I probably should have went in a different direction. Well, and I think I'll, here, I'll go Jalen Waddle just yeah. because I, I really expect him to be there. It's not that I don't expect him to be gone, but if the guys on the, on my list personally, if they're gone already at this point and Waddle is left between him and Parsons, I guess you could really yeah. say, I, I would be pleasantly okay, I guess, with drafting either one of those guys. But I'm, I'm going to go with Waddle because I think – there are some limited options at wide receiver in this draft where I really think the Lions need to take advantage of the opportunity they have with wide receiver. Okay. And Waddle and Smith would be that kind of a guy, but Waddle is a d- dynamic player that gets open. I, I just want wide receivers that get open on their own. Yeah. Where they can catch a ball in space and keep on running and make it a big play. And that's Lions haven't had that since Calvin Johnson. Mm. And and it just it doesn't feel like we've made it easy on our quarterback. Stafford has had to just thread the needle so many times and you cannot live that way. And Goff, his strength is to hit guys on the run as they're moving, as they've already created space. He does not throw people open Yep. In, in, from what I've seen. Okay. So I think take advantage of the Alabama guys. If they're available, I'll be pleasantly surprised. All right. Um, I mean, really, is there a name on here that you feel like we can trade down? And, and obviously – you trade down to 20, none of these guys will be available. But, like, reasonably trade down, say the perfect scenario comes about, and is still available. For me, it's Micah Parsons. Micah that's the Parsons, name yes. That's like, I, I'd, I'd still be okay with taking him at seven because it is that much of a need, and he is, I believe, that good of a linebacker and game-changing for, for our defense in that way. But if we can find a way to trade down to, let's say, 10 or 12 or 15, and somehow this dude's still available, that's, that's where... That's dream scenario for me. You get a guy, top five talent, I think, um, without all this craziness with quarterback type stuff going on and wide receivers that don't usually go top ten. Like You have a lot of crazy stuff happening in the top ten that doesn't usually happen. You're going to get a very, very talented guy, 10 or 12. I mean, is 15 out of the question with the Patriots spot if you can trade there? He could be there. It's very well possible. The the best part about Micah Parsons is – he might be he's the best linebacker according to most people uh, you know it's still arguable but he's also arguably the best pass rusher if if yeah. you were to move him to that spot so i think okay. he's flexible enough if you build your team to have solid linebackers let him go let him do his own thing go after the quarterback you know he could be versatile enough to fill the need you that that the team needs at that time yeah i, I would love to have him you know if we trade down and parsons is still available i'd love it all right, so the last one is somebody that we do not want to take at seven. 
for me, I, I lean quarterback. I don't want to take a fifth or sixth or seventh best quarterback in this nope. draft. Justin I Fields. don't want to take a flyer. Justin Fields is 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 it's the hard uh, one. That one he probably could have fell on that pleasantly surprised, and I get why you take him. In my head, the way that they're building, it doesn't make sense to take a quarterback because of all of the transactions that they've done and the way that they're building the or, the the roster now. It quarterback screams. You're you're all of a sudden taking a different lane. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like they've set their lane. They've they've made a decision on way the, the way this organization is going to go, and we're all buying into it. We're all enjoying it. And then the second they take a quarterback, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, or something along those lines, that's when I feel like they are going off of their path. That's our my opinion from outsider's perspective. There's a very good chance that it's all part of their plan, and I'm being fooled. But basically, that that's where I feel like it's just the changeup that I, I'm not ready for and I'd be a little uncomfortable taking as a quarterback. I just yep. think Trey Lance is that guy. Absolutely. I would be. I would almost be angry with Trey Lance. Yes, because he's a project, because he take, mm-hmm. will take some time, and that's not what we're looking for. I, I, in the end, he might be the most like you know raw, talented quarterback in this yeah. group. I don't care. I don't want that kind of a project yep. at this point. I agree. If... if uh, Goff does not work out next year. We're going to be in the same situation. Draft a quarterback. Yep. Like, do not spend it on well, this year. Let's say, top, let's say four quarterbacks. You're going to have four teams that are convinced that they have their quarterback of the future. That's four more teams, maybe five, that are not drafting quarterback next year. They're going to be the lion, the people that the Lions are competing with for the top seven to one to seven in the draft picks. If they're all already have their quarterbacks, they're not going to learn anything this year that they're going to bail on a, a top pick, top ten pick. So you have all these guy, all these teams that are going to have their quarterback of the quote unquote future. You got your choice of the litter. Yeah. Whether you're at one, whether you're at five, seven, like wherever you land in there, you can get a very good quarterback, and you have a second round or a second first first round pick. So you yep. can move up if you have to. That's where I'm at, and that's where I'd be almost angry if you take a quarterback. Yeah, I think if you took a quarterback this year, it would almost scream like it was it was like a panic move, like yeah. at, after the <clears throat> after the attainment of uh, Goff, after giving after restructuring his deal and all this other stuff. Why, like, why would you go through the hassle of drafting a quarterback? It, like, given that how many years are left on his deal? Goff, I think it's three because they restructured, right? Okay, three years just maybe four. I mean, what would be the point? You, you have a young guy; he's talented. I think it's three. Is it three? I, I, I don't. So. I don't think Goff is consistently great. He's a good quarterback. Yeah. Like, write it out. I, I I agree. Why not? Yeah. I mean, there, there's no point, no point at all to draft a quarterback. Right now, yeah. So, John, last time we did uh, mock draft, we did mock draft 2.0. You were big on Justin Fields. We're kind of, I think, all three of us are on the same page with no quarterback. I mean, are we convincing you that that Justin Fields might not be the way to go, or, or are you, you? Is that a hill you want to die on? I had him under uh, pleasantly surprised. Yeah, take, take him at so seven. Did you did you have all of these? Do you want to give all of, all of them to you? So run to the podium. Who, who's your guy? Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. All I'm right. with you guys on on drafting a wide receiver. Um, I just think he's got the frame. And then pleasantly surprised, you said it was Justin Fields. Justin Fields. 
man, he showed out at his pro day. He did. I think he he's good. I think he's I think he underrated right now. Also, I mean, you traded you traded Matt Stafford to get draft picks, right? Yeah. I think organizationally wise, you got to think I got to use one of those draft picks to fill that void, replace him. I don't know that Jared Goff is a guy personally, but yeah. That's why, yeah, Justin Fields now, a lot of uncertainty going forward with, like, contact sports and pandemics and stuff like that. <laughs> I think you just take him. He's a sure shot. He's got a cannon. Um, trade and pray. I had Micah Parsons. Yeah. I mean, just hoping that he slips. But. No, yeah. I, I, I would love to see Lions trade down, get more assets, and then still get that type of playmaker in, in that much of a need. Like, that is a dream scenario for me. Um, but anyways, uh, next week we'll probably, I, I want to get into a little bit more mock draft stuff next week, uh, episode 100, that'll probably be our only sports topic next week, unless something crazy happens with, with trades and all that kind of stuff. But, um, anyways, what, what, what we got to talk about now are Detroit Tigers, the three and two Detroit Tigers, baby. I mean, you can't go wrong with, with yeah, that, dude. right? Tigers um, crushing it. So really, I mean, I, I. Usually last week we would have had our, our season preview where we kind of give our uh, don't forget about player and breakout player, all that kind of stuff. The, the ship has kind of sailed on that. So what I just want to do is kind of talk about the starters, the bench, and, and some players that aren't there, That all that kind of good stuff. You know, I, I talked about it earlier. Um, but basically I want to start with the starters. Um, you got Wilson Ramos at catcher, Miguel Cabrera first base slash DH, Jonathan Scope uh, at second base, Candelario. I mean, he, he's 100% at third base. Uh, Willie Castro at short. Robbie Grossman in left field. Jacoby Jones at center. Nomar Mazzara um, in right field. Uh, the, fir- the first thing that I wanted to talk about with, with, with kind of these, uh, the starting lineup that we saw with, on opening day was the, and kind of going into the next couple of days, was, was Miguel Cabrera at first base I thought was very interesting. And then on top of that was when uh, Miggy went to DH, I think it was game two, what they did was they moved Scope over to first base and opened up second base for Nico Goodrum, I, w- I want to say. Yeah. Um, so what that what, my focus there, what that tells me is they want Candelario to be their third baseman. And I, he played a lot at first last year. He did a good job. I thought I thought he improved, I think, is the way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that was a big, big thing to me that stood out over the last couple, first couple games. Um, Ryan, like... For start starting out with that, I mean, what, what are you seeing with um, this starting lineup, and and kind of what you've seen the first few games? Yeah, I mean, I think the starting lineup you're you're relying on guys like Willie Castro. He's he's hit been basically hitting two or three in the lineup every game so far. Um, Cabrera is you know he's the highly paid guy. He's been around. He's an absolute legend, Hall of Famer. So he's going to be in the lineup whether at first base or DH, no matter what. But it was interesting seeing Scope go to first base because I feel like you have a couple of guys on the bench. I mean, we're talking like, you know, Harold Castro and Nico Goodrum both have first base experience in the past. So it it is interesting seeing those guys move to second base and then Scope going to first base in his absence. It it kind of threw me for a loop a little bit, especially because I think that was the first time that Scope actually played first base yeah, it was in a major league game. game. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was really interesting too, and and I I don't hate it, um, but I don't like that you're making room for a guy like Nico Goodrum. I feel like you could make room elsewhere. I think he's a good he, Nico Goodrum is 
his role right now is what he is really best at. He's not an everyday player. He should play, you know, 60 to 80 games a year and be a utility guy. Same thing with Harold Castro at this point. I really like the the utility type of infielders that they have on this team. Um, but what I'm really liking is this outfield depth so far that I've been seeing. And, I mean, so their starters, again, Jacoby Jones, Nomar Mazzara, and Robbie Grossman. I think Grossman's a really good veteran pro guy to have on this team. I think he's just stable. That, it's interesting you, you that he's been he's in leadoff, get. though. Right? Well, he it, not every game. He hasn't been playing. He hasn't been hitting leadoff every game. Um, but I really just like him in the lineup in general. I think he's he's got a really good approach, and he's a professional hitter, even yeah. though he started off really slow. Um, I really think people are gonna really are, are gonna fall in love with Nomar Mazzara. Mazzara is a beast. He is yeah. a huge body. With I mean, he was 21 years old, I think, when he made his debut with the Texas Rangers. Okay, and he was by basically all circles. Everybody, every scout that. Um, had a hold, had a handle on the 21-year-olds. In that class, he was easily the best hitter of that class. And he was head and shoulders above everybody. And and I think his upside is so much more than people understand. This is like, um, I, don't, I don't really even know who to compare him to because the Tigers haven't had a guy like this in a while. But, um, <laughs> but I want to. All right, well... Well, while you're thinking about it, what I wanted to bring up one one more thing with with um, and kind of going to who didn't make the team, and keep thinking of who you want to compare him to. I, I yeah. do want to. I want to know who you, who it is. But like the whole uh, Candelario at third thing, I I think that's the biggest reason Isaac or Isaac Paredes um, didn't make this squad, and that one's very interesting to me uh, because he played so much last year, and I thought he showed well. He was he, similar to, I don't know if he's similar to Mazzara, but he's a big body. He looks big. He looks intimidating in that, that um, um, batter's box. And I thought he didn't he didn't look out of place last year. And that's why it's very interesting that he didn't get an opening uh, day roster spot. Um, time will tell when he gets a chance. And, and I don't know the whole logistics of, of protection and all that stuff. Um, but I think that was the biggest positional player name that didn't make the opening roster. Yeah, and I think that's okay. You know, he's really young. He is a very, very good prospect. Um, part of what makes him special is his plate discipline, his pitch recognition, and it, it almost seems like the Tigers are trying to keep him out of a Nick Castellanos situation okay. where he comes up and he's expected to do this, and he might hit 260, 270 with decent power, and the fan base is going to be a little disappointed. Against him. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, if you keep a guy like, he's like 22 years old, 23 yeah. years old maybe. You know, I was playing college baseball when I was 23 years old. <laughs> like I can't imagine playing in the pros and just yeah. having your your body. I, I felt like I was still getting better, number one, and also my body was still getting stronger and developing. So the fact that you have 22, 23-year-old kids, in my opinion, that we're relying on to be these special athletes and and you know upper echelon of M- in the MLB is pretty insane. It really is. I yeah. mean, like maybe basketball because you see that early and one player makes such a big difference. But baseball, it's like, man, these guys haven't even seen these type of pitchers before. So I think I think easing them into this is kind of okay. It's a good way to go. Yeah, I think it's it's just fine. And it's not like he was hitting three fifty in the minors. You know, he's a good three hundred hitter in the minors. Let him keep growing. All right. 
some bench players, Victor Reyes, Harold Castro, Nico Goodrum, who's going to kind of be that utility guy, and Grayson Griner getting the, the backup catching position. I found that one interesting because I feel like Jake Rogers was kind of that guy that people were excited about, I want to say two years ago. And then he came up and struggled. And he looked out of place again uh, his time last year. And he just, he's not, he doesn't seem to be panning out. And that's really the biggest thing with Grayson Griner is I feel like the upside with Jake Rogers was there. Grayson Griner's just kind of like, his upside isn't like as exciting, but he's steady. You know what I mean? That he's kind of that, he's just going to be that placeholder. Perfect until backup catcher. Dingler comes in. And, and, yeah, I don't think it, I don't think Jake Rogers is done quite yet um he he's still young and he doesn't have a lot of experience at the upper levels of the of minor league baseball he didn't get that opportunity last year and and then he was in the pros last year too and and that's a lot to ask from especially from a catcher it's not like he's a huge hitting prospect um again i'm kind of okay with that you know like let's ease him into this especially in dingler too it's the same kind of thing like we don't need especially with signing Wilson Ramos, like we have a little bit of time here. Okay. So I, I feel pretty good about that. I do want to bring up JD Martinez, I think, is maybe the best comparison for Mazzara. For Nomar Mazzara. Yeah. Because okay. Mazzara has upside that is 40 to 50 home run power a year. Really? It, he really does. And he has great, he just has great hitting upside okay and and he's a he's a big body again he has the launch angle to make it all happen something hasn't been clicking and and he's like 25 years old 26 years old like okay. it, it, he has plenty of time to figure this out still yeah and that is the situation that we randomly ran into with jd martinez with the tigers not that long ago with, uh coming from the houston astros they knew the the power was there they knew the upside was there but they didn't have he hadn't put it together quite yet. And Mazzara's basically a league veteran at this point, but still young enough to, when he does put it together, it's going to be scary good. All right, one more name that I didn't bring up originally was Akil Badu. Um, everybody has heard of this guy now uh, that's been paying attention to the line, or sorry, the Tigers. Um, awesome, exciting to see him make the team. He was the Rule 5 pick um, from, uh, is it Minnesota? Yeah, yeah he was part twins. of the Twins organization. So the Rule 5 pick, for the people that don't understand, he need so he was drafted by in the in the rule 5 draft and basically he has to be a tiger the whole season long or the whole season long is that how you say it? the whole season for the I whole season the whole season that's i probably for said the whole it. season not yeah that was for the whole sorry. season <laughs> long the whole season long you guys should have saw my port earlier it went everywhere uh <laughs> it's one of those days um but anyways it it seems he's going to be up but he, if, and, and not even talking about what we've seen so far with his his fun three games that we're excited about. We'll get into that. But like he he earned it out of out of camp, and and I sure did. My my brain went to Victor Reyes back in uh, 2017, I believe, is what you you told me there. Yep. Um, when we picked Victor Reyes in the Rule Five draft, he was up and he was completely out of place. I don't even know. He's not even on the. Oh no, he is on the roster, right? Yeah, he is. Oh yeah. Um. But he's still battling for for a, a backup position, all that kind of stuff. It feels different than Victor Reyes. Victor Reyes was he stayed a Tiger because he had to. If you brought him back down, they would expose him and they would go back to whatever team he was picked from. Um, it doesn't feel that way with Badu um, as much because it felt like he he earned the spot to make the team out of out of camp and and he he's going to be here for the long term. So. 
what do you like about this guy, Ryan? Uh, I like that he wins games for the Tigers. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his first pitch, his first, first oh my God. major league pitch of his career, he hits a home run that opposite field. Awesome. It was insane. And then the next game, he gets a start again, and he hits another home run. Grand slam? And then, grand slam, you're right. And then today, he did not get the start. No. But he came in in extra Pinch. innings. Yep. And he hits the game-winning walk-off single, yeah, so RBI who, single who did, to win the who game. Who did they walk in front of? Was it Grossman? I uh, I don't remember who uh, it was. It, I guess it doesn't matter. They I walked, don't remember. They yeah. walked somebody in front. I think it was Grossman. They walked somebody in front of Badu, and then Badu came in, and, and he hit the walk-off. Man, that was just – what a start to the guy's career. Like, it's so fun to watch his parents in the stands. His parents like, were going crazy. And, like, having a great time. So cool. And this dude, he does it all too, right? Like he's fast. And it, the crazy thing about this guy is he was playing single A ball. Like this is a it was high A ball, high A to the pros yep. or to the, sorry, they're all he pros, missed twenty twenty. Yeah, missed twenty twenty to the MLB to the show, and that's a pretty cool story. I hope it lasts. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I don't want to expect what we're seeing these first three games like to be consistent. He's going to have his, his lows. He's going to have trouble in the dog days of summer, all that kind of stuff. But I mean, pretty cool, pretty cool story. It, pretty cool that he's a tiger. It's an awesome story. And I just want to bring up a couple points. So one, the rule five draft is, I, I feel like the tigers have nailed it with this kind of a pick because it is a guy who, you know, if they pick him up, they're paying the club that lost him. So the twins in this case, $500,000. Okay, I didn't know that. If he does not stay on the, the roster for the full season, then the 25-man roster, or 26, I guess, the active yeah, roster yep. for the full season, then the Twins have uh, have the opportunity to pay the Tigers 250000 to take him back. Gotcha. Okay. So he is uh, – there's really no risk here. Like, you're, you're getting a guy that's 22 years old. He's This is his fifth year as a pro because he was drafted out of high school. Um and and there's no reason not to take a flyer on him, especially with the Tigers where they are right now. Yeah, you know this is not a this is not a guy that the Astros would would want to take because he more than likely he wouldn't make the team. Okay, you know, but for the Tigers, yeah, this is exactly the guy, and we have brought it up time and time again with the Tigers in the state they're in right now. You know, when we talked about last year, it was not about Casey Mize and Tarek Skubal and maybe Matt Manning even. It was about trying to find the Harold Castro, Willie Castro guys to step up that would end up being really good pros in the end. And we need to find those random guys that will come out of nowhere. And this is the perfect example of a former second-round pick, Akil Badu, to come in, have an opportunity to do something, and take advantage of it. It does not mean that he's an amazing that he will never be an amazing pro just because he, nobody knew his name before this. It doesn't mean that he's outmatched, you know, one on one versus the pitcher every single time he goes to the plate. It means that he can now prove it as a tiger. Yeah. And if it works out, there have been absolute superstars. JD Martinez was another one of those guys mm -hmm. from the Rule Five draft that ended up being a superstar MVP caliber player in MLB. And it, you know, he just had to he just had to figure out mentally. Mm -hmm. And Badu has a chance to do that with the Tigers right now. He he obviously has set himself up um, to be on this team for the full season as long as he keeps bringing the energy and yeah. winning games for the Tigers. I, I'm excited about the guy, and and I'm excited because I feel like as soon as Jacoby Jones gets hurt, which he will, yeah, see, because that just happens. Um, 
Like the, the, the he could become a everyday starter here for a little bit, or at least the right matchups and all that kind of stuff. Our outfield has depth right it now. It really does. I mean, you got Victor Reyes, who's no slouch. I don't want like he's no, really he's not year. that bad. Akil Badu, obviously, um, Nico can play in the the outfield, and I, I believe Harold Castro can as well. Right? He, he plays, or is he more of the mostly middle in, infield? Mostly infield. Mil- yeah. Okay, but yeah, I think he played in the outfield last year, though. I right? think he did a couple games. Uh, but anyways, I, 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 that's worth talking about there as well. Um, Torkelson Green, they didn't make it. We'll see where they end up. They're, they're, it's that's all normal. part of it. Yeah, I mean, nobody was expecting to. It'll just be interesting to see where they get assigned to once once uh, minor league season officially starts. Um, but let's let's talk a little bit about the rotation here. Um, you got Matt Boyd. Tarek Skubal, uh, Julio Terena, is that how you say it? <laughs> Terran. 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 Jose Urena, and then, did I already say him? Uh, and Casey Mize, bringing in the rear, rear there. Uh, Casey Mize is really the big one, I think, that we wanted to talk about. Uh, didn't have the greatest numbers, but I thought he showed pretty well today um, in his Tehran. first start. Um, That's I, what I'm, it is. Like I, I brought up the fact that I didn't think he was going to make the squad out of camp, mainly for protection or like the the contract purposes. I'm glad that he's there. I really am. I I'm, told you, dude. I'm glad that they're they're ready to do it. They're not worried about all of these control years, anything like that. In in AJ Hinch, I feel like is is the biggest reason for that. This dude, this coach or sorry manager, is he's the real deal, and I'm. So that that that's the best signing Al Avila's ever had in his entire life since Al or since Alex Avila's second contract or third contract, whatever he got. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> since Alex Avila. No, like I I love AJ Hinch, and I feel like the, his fingers are all over what's happening with this organization. Um, but sorry, I got distracted there. No, I do too. The, I the, think the y- fact that you have Casey Mize and Tarek Skubal, two of the top three. Uh, prospects within the Tigers organization. I mean, I know I don't that think school was really part of the yeah, I mean, prospect uh, p- pitchers wise, pitchers yeah. wise, because yeah. Matt Manning is the other one, but you got two of these guys making the big league uh, rotation right out of the gate. That is huge to me. Like that, that tells me that he wants to compete right now. And he thinks it's for the benefit of the player itself, you know, yeah. himself that they can go out there and compete and learn in the big leagues rather than the whole one year extra control. Yeah. And if they have a good year this year, Signed to do a freaking long-term contract. Well. And, That's what we're seeing more yeah. and more often. Yeah, like, you these, see it all the days. time. Yeah. yeah, if you believe in the guy, sign him. Yep. Um, I, I I think it's the right decision. I know I questioned it, but we talked about 100% it. Hundred percent perfect. We, we talked about it, and we did say we basically landed as a podcast that two people, two of these pitchers out of the top three would make the big league squad. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what's happened right now. And it's because they've earned it. They're, they've, they're ready. They've had the big league, uh, especially these two guys, they've seen the big leagues. They have this, this expectation within them. They, they should know how to prepare themselves at this point. And I don't think Matt Manning's that far behind. Yeah. Um, but the, the only problem with Matt Manning here, and, and this is going to be my next thing is when Spencer Turnbull becomes available. So he's on the COVID list. He's not available right now. He's going to be a part of this rotation. It screams six man rotation to me. I feel like that's what they're going to do, especially with the young arms with Turnbull, Mize, Scooble. I mean, you have three young arms that you want to protect. You want to control their, their innings, all of those things. Um, and then you also want to keep these guys, these younger guys, or sorry, older guys with Urena and Tehran. Ter, ter, uh, you already said Tehran. 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 I'll learn it if I have to. We'll see. Um, you should. Like, He's good. <laughs> but like th- these guys are on short-term deals. They're basically show us and then we'll trade you. And right now, I this, there's a six-man rotation. 
coming up, right, Ryan? Is that fair to say? Because uh, none of these guys are going to lose their job. I think Casey Mize is probably probably the number one culprit. It could be the culprit. Uh, with oh. the first start that we saw out of Urena, Jose Urena, it's possible that he could lose his job too. But I think more than likely you see the top six. And usually you have one starting pitcher that's injured at some point. That's true, yeah. So I could see – I don't think we're going to go to a six-man rotation. I think it'll be five. But I don't I I think the Tigers are thinking more long term. Okay, if we're gonna save Casey Mize, you know, hold back some innings later in later skip in the year. Start here and there. Skip several starts here and there, especially okay. early on in the season if you have six healthy starters. All right. So I did want to talk a little bit about the the bullpen. Um I don't want to get into a whole lot of it. I I just think there's some interesting names that are worth bringing up. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't go um, too deep. But yeah. So I, I want to start with sorry. Go well, no, 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 yeah. go ahead. Because Fulmer, Fulmer's the, the Fulmer's one that the big one sounds for me. good, yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, it, and so they, they had him labeled more as long-term relief, um, but it, it seems like he's kind of coming in in crucial situations. Seventh? Sixth, seventh? Yeah, yeah. like kind of the, the, the gap guy. Not necessarily the eighth, ninth inning guy yet. I mean, with how the eighth and ninth he's inning has gone so far. He's the weapon he's guy. He's the weapon. He's the, the crucial out guy. Um, and... I love that opportunity for him. It'll be interesting to see how it works. Um, do you think he has the stuff to kind of do that, Ryan? He absolutely has the stuff, yes. Yeah. And I think this is a really good opportunity for him to hone his stuff and make each pitch better individually. And what you see, the difference between starting pitchers and relief pitchers, relief pitchers focus on what they do well. Starting pitchers try to mix in several pitches at a time. That you need three plus pitches. So, so if you have four pitches like um, Michael Fulmer does, he needs to dial in all four pitches in in order to last six or seven innings. Yeah. So that's what he focuses on. Okay. This gives him the opportunity to focus on his top two pitches and do it better than all the people around him. Okay. And and I think that's a really really good opportunity for him because. You know in his heart he still wants to be a starting pitcher. He's come out and just said that, you know, he's embracing this role yep. temporarily and he wants to come back to, to it, the starting rotation. It feels like he still could. And it it absolutely does, but but dial in your fastball, dial in your, your curve slash slider, and if those two pitchers are working, you can mix in whatever else you need as a starting pitcher. Yeah. But what's been missing from him is his fastball command and his fastball velocity. Yeah. And so if he gets that back the rest will fall into place. And and it almost feels like trusting his pitches too. And and believing in himself, believing what, what was so good with, with the with when he was the rookie of the year, all that kind of stuff. If he can dial in his trust and belief in what he does and, and what was successful, that's when he can, you know, start bringing it back and, and really become a starter. And and like I mean the way that you have these prospects prospects coming up, there's a really good chance he's not a starter in the Detroit Tigers organization again. There's a very good chance of that. If he doesn't do it soon, yeah. Um, but if you can turn him into something, if you could turn him into the next, well, who who was the guy um, that was a starter that we transitioned to uh, eighth inning guy, then turned into a closer? Uh, Shane Green. Shane Green. Yeah. yeah. Like it, obviously, completely different type of pitcher, and I get that. Fulmer doesn't seem to have that edge like a late inning guy, but at the same time, like. Yeah, he does. You think so? I, I don't know. It, it'll be very interesting to see how this develops. He's got better Especially stuff than Shane so Green got, ever has. We got Gregory Soto currently in the, in the closers role, it sounds like, with Jose Cisnero in the eighth inning role. That has not looked good. That has not looked good at all. 
So I'm I don't think Cisnero looked terrible, right? Did he, isn't he the one that gave up? The, I like these guys. I think they're pretty good. Okay, yeah. but anyway, and Brian Garcia. I just I would like to see. I would like to see Daniel Norris get an opportunity in crucial situations like these guys. Dude, I, I have look, you watched him pitch? <laughs> no, I don't know what I'm looking at when I watch him pitch. I he just needs, like their hair or something. Need, you know? Yeah, he needs to attack <laughs> the zone. Like Daniel Norris is the perfect example of a guy who just has like forgotten how to attack the zone. He tries to stay out of the strike zone. He like dabbles with it here and there. Guys just take it. He gets down on the count, and then he throws a fastball over the middle, gets shot 450 feet over the center field wall, and it's not even close. Like Norris, he deserves to be in the in the bullpen well, to give I, it to yeah, give a shot to I, I transfer agree. his skills elsewhere. He's not a starter, no, not I, anymore. But he needs he needs to. I, he's not a late inning guy at this point. You need to earn that, and he hasn't earned it. Okay. John, you look like you're getting prepped up to, to say something here. Norris is the kind of guy that'll go to work without work gloves, right? He's a hard worker, doesn't care about the callus, but he just he got shelled like seven hits in a row against <laughs> the Indians the other day, and it yeah, was he like, did. man. <laughs> right. and, st- I like the and, his, and his stuff looked terrible. I'm throwing, sorry. Throwing a, throwing a 91 mile an hour <laughs> meatball down the middle of the plate. <laughs> to some major like, so I look at pitchers. And I just feel sorry for them when they get hit. Yeah, like, when they I, throw ninety one, I do too. Like, like I feel like I wish I was a hitter at that point. Poor guy. Like and I just want him to work out. He's got cool hair. He's a cool dude. He's got a nice beard. I'm like I just feel sorry for him. I just want him to be good. I'm losing my time. Your mic's off, I think, Micah. Your mic is off, Micah. I I, I, <laughs> I didn't think, do it. I think I world. didn't turn his mic off. I Greg, swear. Gregory Soto has the best hair on the Lions that roster hair is right now. Fire. So. Holy it literally is fire. I mean, if, you're gonna, if you're gonna pick tiger. or the Tigers, yeah. If you're gonna well, he looks like a lion. He's got the hair. <laughs> if you're gonna pick a guy off his hair, Sam, it's Gregory All right, Soto. Just saying, did you guys see that pitch where he threw it literally thirty feet above the catcher? I missed it. I I, oh I my saw gosh. it come up on my phone like this is the worst pitch of all time or something like that. And I'm like, but it's a lot tiger. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. So good. I love it. That's no, how no. you. That's how you keep batters off balance. I was gonna say that is an uncomfortable. <laughs> that is an uncomfortable situation for batters being. I've been there. I've done that, and it, you just don't want any part of it. And I love it. He's got that little edge to him where guys do not feel comfortable in the box. Well, who was that kid that played in Western Little League? Nolan. Yeah, Nolan. <laughs> he was. T- Terrifying! You had no idea where the ball was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> I stepped back He's in the farthest corner of the batting box and was like, I don't know if I should close my eyes or what's going he threw on. Hard. He threw hard. Anyways, he, he I mean, but, guy. Ryan, before we turn the page from the Tigers, is there anything I, I, anything else that we should really bring up here heading <clears throat> into the season? Obviously, we're five games in, but um, anybody to keep an eye on in particular that comes to mind? Oh, or geez. So- you, you can say no. You can say no. We can I, just move on. I don't think we have enough time for me to get into these guys. I think overall, with the Tigers, you know, this is an exciting time for them because we are going to find out. We're we're watching the core, the base of this team for the future, and you know, these other prospects that we have coming up, they will come up. They will contribute. They will be really good. We we are going to get more stars out of this thing, but right now we're building the core, the foundation of this franchise, and. They're playing every day in Detroit, and yeah. that and that's what's fun. We've been waiting for this. We don't have those 
trash players at first base anymore. We don't we don't have those like throw in yeah. guys that you know are not going to be on the team long term. We don't have Don Kelly playing every single day because we just don't have enough players to fill a roster. Yeah, and we, we have d- good MLB players. Yes, exactly. And I think that's really exciting. It, we have a, there's a difference. We've we've turned a corner yeah. as far as that goes. Not to say we're not going to get a high draft pick next year. But it's just different than you know the last couple of years. Yeah, we're putting a major league roster out there. Yeah, yep. I, I think that's that's really exciting, especially. I mean, especially I know, with the, our pitching. Yeah, it, because Watch you out. can go on good winning streaks. This yeah. team could surprise some some teams, and especially, especially if we start the, getting our young guys up. Yeah, and then the way that the Indians are taking a step back, there's no question that they're taking a step back from their every every year thing. Well, then you also have the White Sox and the Twins that are still really good. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how, how this, this season develops. I just think next year is the year where they're going to be signing big-name sure free agents. I hope so, man. And I think we're going to trade or sign big big names that you know to fill the gaps that we don't have. I hope so, and and I would love to go over that list of who's going to be available. Um, but one thing I did want to bring up real quick before before we turn the page from the Tigers is I do want to just throw – Alavila on the Coles again. I I feel like I go back and forth with this guy. One day I hate him, the next day I'm like, well, he's he's drafted well and all that kind of stuff. I look at this team and this this prospect organization. Like I know we're second right in prospects or something like that in our farm system. I feel like it is very very overrated, mainly because we have three of our. So what do we have? I think it's five in the top fifty. I I want to say I, I could be wrong on that, but it's like you look at the names. And three of those five are going to be on the major league roster this year at some point. I'm assuming Matt Manning gets called up. Well, all of a sudden, you only have two of the top 100. So, yeah, five of the top 50 sounds great. But next thing you know, you're about to have two in the top 100. And for what this organization has been the last four or five years, you should have a lot freaking more. And we should be developing these guys better. I like the drafting. Man, the developing you really shouldn't is have terrible. Gone there. The developing has not been good. You shouldn't have and gone the there. trades have not been good. Well, sorry. <laughs> Wait, what Tear them up. All right, you, you can tell me I'm wrong, but you, <laughs> you like should Avila? not have gone there. We what? have had barely anything to trade with, and the guys that we have traded for in recent years, I'm talking like the last three years we, of trades. All right, hold, hold, we have wait, crushed. Three years. We've been really good. I'm I'm talking about JD Martinez, who was a. MVP candidate a couple years ago, Justin Verlander, <laughs> Cy Young winner, World Series champion, Max Scherzer. We let walk for freaking who knows what. After we offered I mean, him nine years I know, and one hundred ninety like, million, we, we've had these pieces that have been traded and we haven't got high end players the way that you see these yeah, other organizations do. But we, but we know and that's that. what drives me nuts because that's what this key is. So we have a a a, a GM who can draft the top prospects, who I would have drafted just with a super simple Google search. But who also just got a kill Badu in the in the in the fifth what is it what is it called? The fifth round or Rule five. Rule five draft. And and it and looks at this point to be a, a steal right now. And this is not the first time. This isn't a fluke for this Rule Five draft. And we're seeing some of the later round draft picks coming up, we have a lot of talent in this that are not just represented in the top 100. You get big names from the top 100. You will always get big names. It doesn't mean every top prospect in all of these different organizations are actually working out or putting up big numbers in the minor leagues. It just means that they're a big name in the minor leagues. So scouts fall into the same thing. Uh, that everybody else does when they're looking at uh, player rating talent evaluation, they look at whoever everybody else is is you know rating them. 
So don't necessarily. I, I think there's more to Alavila than we uh, we always give him credit for. The three people that we traded, yes, agreed. Like the Scherzer, Verlander, J.D. Martinez crap. Like, yeah, that happened, and, and nobody liked what we got out of those trades, especially the J.D. Martinez. It was just that was uh, the dumbest one. Three weeks before the deadline. Yeah. Made no sense. But at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, since then, the moves, I cannot argue with the moves that we've made. And so, like, give I it a little like bit of time. I feel like a baboon could have made those decisions. Honestly, I would agree. That, that's the way I look at it. And and I feel like these draft picks were obvious decisions. Torkelson, um, Riley Green, I think, was, was a good pick. I, I, we'll, we'll see. He's still very young, all, all of that kind of stuff. Um, Casey Mize was the obvious pick. Um, but, I mean, at, at that Tarek point. Tarek Scuba was, uh, oh, he was a fifth round pick, right? Ninth, ninth round. Was it ninth? Okay. That was a good pick. But at the same time, it's like, <laughs> where is where's the where are the true prospects that can rake? We have Riley Green and Torkelson. That is it. For for batting, and that uh, Isak Paredes could could be part of that, but at the same time, it's, let's uh, just call him Isaac. Let's just call him Isaac and get over with. I yeah. feel like I Where decided that Isak. That's what they say on the they, radio. They do say Isak. Yeah, they yeah. Do. I called him Isak last year because that's what everybody calls him. And then I said in Isaac the bi- in the big <laughs> leagues. They called him Isaac. Oh, did they? Yeah, we'll have to figure that I, one out. We'll, we'll I read through up. the show sheet earlier when you were saying. Isak, I'm like, I do not see Isak in here. <laughs> All right, let's turn the page from the Tigers before we make this go any any longer. Oh, it's long already. No, and I'm okay with it. And and I just I I don't know. I I was I was on my way home and I just I started losing my mind over where we're at because yeah, our organization looks good, but it's not deep enough yet. And for how bad we've been, says, it should be deeper. Says who? That's all I gotta say. Says. You. MLB pipeline right now. I think for once we finally got a coach that we can be like upbeat about, though, under the Alex <laughs> Avila era. You know, yep. you went from Jimmy Smokes to whoever else. <laughs> yeah, Brad Osmus. Like oh, none, yeah. none Osmus, of none Garden. of these none of these coaches in the last like six seven years have been player coaches. You finally got Hinch in here, who's excited as can be about Akil Badu right now. Badu. <laughs> And if you I got a, that guy. Yeah, if, if you got a manager that's excited about the young players, that changes the whole outlook on the on the locker room. No, I I think AJ Hinch is the key to this rebuild and he he's going to be very, very very important. So you like Alavila again? That's his best move of his career. hundred percent. Um but anyways. We got some golf. We got some Masters. A little outside of uh, our Michigan sports talk, but the Masters, what they do, they have the Champions Dinner, right? That's like one of the biggest traditions for, for the Masters in, in the, the, the tournament. Uh, John, big golf guy over here. We are not so so much golf people. Love, love golf. He loves himself oh, some golf. I love golf. Oh my god! Sure. Um, but anyways, so what I, I play, wanted to I played, do, I played twenty-seven holes this weekend. I'm not <laughs> Did he really in April? Yeah. That's crazy. Um, we'll see if I get out on the course at all this year. Um, but anyways, so what the Masters does is they have their um, championship dinner, right? So the 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 previous champion uh, plans out their their massive feast. Um, so w- what I wanted to do here is first I'm going to read what Dustin Johnson. What what are you giggling over there for? <laughs> talking about his shirt? You talking about Mickey's shirt? That guy's giving up. I'm so sorry. He is giving up, dude. 
It's insane. I love it. That's, a, that's awesome. what I would wear, yeah. It's, it's awesome. He's just wearing like a corduroy, or is it corduroy? I don't even know. I don't know, but I forgot. Like a jean denim shirt. Button, <laughs> denim button up. A couple weeks ago, he was wearing like a plaid <laughs> suit. Wait, <laughs> I'm so sorry. And, and it was like four sizes too big for the guy. It was like they, they made that one time only, you know. Oh, that's so funny. Right, Anyways, go. Dustin Johnson, he came out with his meal. And then what we're going to do is I'm going to name my meal. Mike is going to name his, and we'll see if Ryan can come up with his in time because obviously he didn't get the show sheet early enough three days ago. Um, <laughs> but anyways, Dustin Johnson's meal. So basically the way that they lay it out is the Masters Club dinner on April 6, 2021. Uh, the appetizers are pigs in a blanket and lobster and corn fritters. And then his first course is the house salad or Caesar salad. He gave people the choice. I don't like that. Make people dis- make people decide if they're going to eat the salad or not, well, right? How do you not have one you like over the other? I don't yeah, get it. You, you like one or the other. It's not fair. All right, so then his family-style sides, he did mashed potatoes and spring vegetables, which is just a waste of space on the plate, if you ask me. Um, his main course, filet mignon and miso-marinated sea bass. That was a very interesting one, hmm. sea bass. I would love to say kick his butt, sea bass. Did, sea bass, but did sea bass really say that? That is, I don't well, know, man. Well, sea bass is wrong for that guy. And then for dessert, he has peach cobbler and apple pie with vanilla ice cream, which, I mean, both of those go great with vanilla ice cream, and it is served in the honor of Mr. Dustin Johnson. So what we're going to do now is, Mike, I would love for you to build your club dinner the way that Justin Johnson did. Dustin Johnson. Did I say that right? Dustin? Dustin Johnson. I said it right. Oh, I could have sworn you said Justin Johnson. Did I? I might have. You never It's know. all right. Was that the NASCAR racer? <laughs> Probably is. Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. All right. All Micah, right. you are up. Build your Masters Championship dinner. Well, I'm going to start off with a good app called Calamari. Ooh. With another app, Traditional Chicken Wings. Yeah, so we did two apps. We did two, two apps. So for 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 everybody, for people that are new here, uh, what we decided to do is two apps, a first course, two family style sides, main course, and a dessert. Your two apps were calamari. Calamari. That's a very hard word for me to read. With a C, right? With uh, wings. Yes. Traditional. So bone in is that what traditional means? Yeah. That's yep. really dumb. Well, I don't uh, like that part. You lost me there. I don't like in the bone, but the bone, man. That's where I draw oh, the line. I thought you meant the actual word traditional. Oh, no, I'm okay with tradition. <laughs> you lost me. <laughs> I'm um, not a big fan of traditional wings. Okay, we're going to move on to, right. uh, you got the first course listed before the family style sides, right? Oh, yeah, I do. My apologies. Or do you want me to go family style sides? Do what you want to do, buddy. Okay, let's do the family style sides. We're going right. to go with garlic, mashed potatoes, and asparagus. Absolutely love those sides. Um... First course, we're going to go chicken Caesar salad. Very nice classic. Very good choice. Um, And then the main course, this is where I get so happy and just fall into love with food. It's a tomahawk ribeye with mushrooms and onions. Okay. Mm. What is is tomahawk ribeye? Is that just a fancy way to say ribeye? No, it's a a certain cut and marbling. it's, Why is it a tomahawk? Where does that come it's, from? It's 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 kind of shaped like like a tomahawk. Like it's got it's got the <clears throat> the big bone and the big 
chunk of meat. Oh, like uh, Flintstones. Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of looks like a tomahawk <laughs> of meat. All right. Which is great. And then For my dessert. dessert, I'm rolling it up with the tiramisu. Ooh, a little fancy. Mm. There. Is that the one that they they caramel like they do the blowtorch on? Yes. I get very confused it's... with tiramisu <clears throat> and the other. Uh... Wait, did I say the wrong thing? Which one? Uh, your sister would kill us if we didn't know. What? Um, yeah. So okay, the the pudding one where they caramelize the yeah, top. Yeah, they car. That's whatever one that want. one is. I feel like that's tiramisu, right? Or is that creme brulee? No, that's creme no, it's brulee. Creme, creme so brulee. is yours okay. actually creme brulee? Yeah, yes. I'm so sorry. Oh, my gosh. Boy, that's embarrassing. Oh, dude. Okay, I'm... yeah, definitely not tiramisu, even though tiramisu is pretty good. What is tiramisu? I don't even know. I thought it was like a fancy cake, wasn't it? Oh, or is it? isn't it? I have, no, I have no idea. Okay, I want creme brulee, creme, please. Creme brulee. All right, I'm going to have to make that, that adjustment Thanks here. for saying something. No, like I get those two confused all the time. Like, that is yeah. one of the biggest things. Creme brulee and, and tiramisu, Ryan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we get those two confused. Oh, my gosh. Do you know which one's which? What is, yeah, absolutely. What is tiramisu? Yeah. Tiramisu is like a more of a like a pudding style. But they don't they do not do the thing with the blowtorch? No, no, no. They don't. Yeah, they don't do the blowtorch on top where it's like nice and crusted on the top. So is tiramisu almost like a pudding cake-ish thing? Or not Yeah, a not little not bit. Really. Yeah, no, I mean, it can be a little bit, but it's not. it doesn't have like the, the cake- like breading to it, okay. It's right, but it's kind of got like a, like a. <laughs> John looks like he almost knows like all a, the answers. Almost here. like a cinnamon, just, almost like a cinnamon on there. Just give me oh. mint chocolate chip ice cream. Would be <laughs> Is good. That what he's a with? simple man. <laughs> That's not a bad choice. Wait, right. wh- what did you go, Micah? You went with. I went with he creme, creme brulee. Dessert oh to creme brulee. Gosh. Well, because I thought I was talking about creme brulee when I said tiramisu, and yeah. I was so and wrong. I, I, f- I figured out like we were honestly, guys. Honestly, you cannot go wrong with either one. Yeah. I, well, it, sound great. Do you have yours ready, or do you want me to go? I want you to go, but like okay. I'm writing it down as I hear your. <laughs> You're going to steal all of us. All right, for my did you, wait, hold on. Did, did you say for your for the steak? Did you say tomahawk steak? Yeah. You did. Oh my gosh! All right, go Stupid on. Stupid decision. Why would you go tomahawk steak when you can go something else? All right, my appetizers: mozzarella sticks and boneless wings. Why would you have traditional wings when you can go boneless? Because I had a really good experience lately with yeah, traditional right. wings, so I'm like it. Yeah. on this high. All right. Uh, my first course is lobster bisque. I love lobster bisque. That so is so underrated. So good. So good. So creamy. So much better than salad. No questions asked. I love a good Caesar salad, but creme or not creme brulee. <laughs> Where's my head? lobster bisque? That is that is definitely where I'm going. My family style sides are mashed potatoes and corn off the cob. <laughs> off the cob. Off the cob. You can't mix it if it's on the cob. You put the corn can on I, the mashed potatoes. Can I ask That's about the you family style sides? Like, what does a family I mean, style mean? That just means you share it. I think I don't know. No sharing. No. Or it's like it's in a big tub, and then they take a scoop and put it. That's a where scoop. That's what you think. Like, can <laughs> Take I, a scoop. I mean, that's my can I do, family okay. style. All right, all right, all right. Go ahead. What right. would you think no, family no, style? I'm just, no, I'm, just, I'm, curious I'm just wondering. What, I'm, I'm wondering what, what you're is, What kind of family style do you think it I don't is? know. I'm thinking more like, like, <laughs> oh, frick, I don't know. <laughs> something, with, something with a shell. Something Let's just say a, that. A shell. Yeah. <laughs> like okay. muscles or something. Very. Oh, yeah. 
Why? Why is that different than mashed? All right, never mind. I, Anyways, I don't even want to know different. where your Oy- mind is. Oyster. You know? Oysters. <laughs> um, so my family style sides are, uh, yeah, mashed potatoes and corn off the cob, so you can mix it. Um, and then my main course is the surf and turf, Oscar style, flaming young, with crab cakes. Oscar style. What's Oscar style? I think it's like you have like asparagus on top, and then you have like a. I think it might be uh what's that sauce that goes on uh eggs benedict? Hollandaise. Hollandaise. I think Ooh, there's a little Hollandaise? bit of Hollandaise on Wait, it. Wait on the asparagus? Uh yeah. Are you talking about white asparagus? And on the steak, steak as well. Oh. I think that's how Oscar style does it. Oh it is. I mean it's definitely Hollandaise sauce. But then the crab cakes are a very key to this. You you put it on top of the steak and you cut into yeah. Okay, Oscar style is a beef dude. tenderloin, crab meat and fresh asparagus. So the crab cake and fresh right. asparagus. I was I was close. Yeah. I don't know where the hollandaise sauce came from. Might have just been well, breakfast at my mom's the other day. Um, which was good. That was very good. <laughs> she did a great job. Um, and then my dessert is plain cheesecake. No fruit, nothing, just a great piece of cheesecake. I don't know if it's New York style. Like When I Googled New York style, there was like fruit on it, and I didn't want that. I just, just want, want the plain, plain cheesecake. cheesecake, yeah. Do you, do you like the Jello No Bake cheesecake? I do. I love it. I love that so stuff. So good. I probably shouldn't, but I do. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. It might be one of my favorite cheesecakes. That might I should have just put Jello cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that is mine. Uh, Ryan, you ready, buddy? <clears throat> no. He's like, I need more time. No, 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 no me, I'm good. Me, I'm good. He's gonna give us his, his on episode 100. <laughs> I think I'm good. I'm. Th- you want me to go right now? Is that, call, start with is that two, why you called my name? Two apps. All right, my two apps. I am going with prosciutto and melon. Oh gosh, how do you spell prosciutto? I don't even. P r o s c u i t t o. Slow it down. <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna guess. All right, prosciutto and melon, which is which is meat. It's basically like a bacon, but but cured Ooh, bacon. bacon. It's not cooked. It's not fried. It's not, mm-hmm. it's just it's like raw, but it's just, but it's cured. Is With that salt. is that what um, Butcher's Union does? Their appetizer that, oh, that they, they definitely call have bacon? prosciutto. Yeah, they call it bacon, I think, but it's probably the same. Or no, they I don't mean, know how to cook meat. I mean, they might prosciutto <laughs> is not cooked. It's not. Oh, okay. So that's the only difference. But it might be like cooked prosciutto. Yeah. What? Okay. You, Can you just f- put your paper down. Oh, was that blocking the camera? The camera view. Yeah. All so. right. <laughs> but anyways, like <laughs> the right. the salty sweet mix with the melon. So oh, like, what man. kind of melon? Like uh, the the orange one, yeah, or the green one. No, no, no the orange, yeah, which is um, muskmelon. It's muskmelon, yeah. I love muskmelon. Isn't there another? Don't they honeydew? Call it honeydew melon. Oh no, honeydew is the white. Green. I, I would say green. Green. <laughs> You're right. Green. I don't know. There's another name for the orange one, but um, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> but yeah, that they they do muskmelon. the they do the orange melon with the prosciutto, and it is it is so good. It's okay. a perfect mixture. Really. That's yeah, a, and and the, and the prosciutto that that's like where they it's pig and they and they feed the pig acorns for like the last two or three months for its life, <laughs> and they basically <laughs> like serious? yeah they, yeah they basically like kill the pig by <laughs> feeding like it feeding it like hate. overfeeding acorns, and it and it gives <laughs> it the flavor that it's really nice. So I want as much <laughs> as that as possible. That is so crazy. The more pigs that die from yeah acorns, acorns the better. The better. <laughs> <laughs> People might hate me for that, but I don't care. Well, it's really Peter doesn't listen. I've I've made sure of it. So. All right, perfect. So uh, <laughs> hold on, tiramisu. 
both your sisters said they're lady fingers. What what? Lady fingers are like what, uh, what is that? Angel food cake, I think. I nope. I'm asking <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I'm that's asking I, them, but I mean, you can you can have fingers? like a like a cake with tiramisu. It it works that way, but it but that's not what it is. It's really like the cream of that whole thing. It's like creme brulee without the top. I want to know Wikipedia. What Wikipedia says tiramisu it's, is. It's we like a, get that answer here before we get into it. It's our like drink. a um. Oh frick! Like, One of them says it's kind of a cookie. No, no, no. Lady no, fingers okay, are so kind wait, of a wait, cookie. This is like completely different stuff here. We're getting false information. They, here. There's salad in there. There is salad in there, but it's more of like, like whipped. Um, it's like whipped egg is the whipped. difference. Whipped. Yeah, with tiramisu, it's like whipped egg, and that's that's the, like the the consistency that you'll get out of tiramisu with like a pudding. Mix that with a pudding, and you got tiramisu. All right. That sounds difficult. Sounds okay. What were you moving so on to? So many different things. All right. Oh. So we're on his first course. First course, I'm going with uh, Parmesan risotto, and and that will be with uh, truffles, black truffles. Jeez, and it's, it's complicated it's over here. Phenomenal. <laughs> so, two of the best meals I've ever had in my entire life was truffled Parmesan risotto, and I it it was like I couldn't even I I would I would take one bite at a time. I put my fork down and just like sulk in the goodness <laughs> of what I was eating. It wow. was so good. And and they served it like they they made it in front of us on a like a wheel of parmesan cheese. And I it was like wheels it was of parmesan cheese. I incredible. Was this it on was so one good. of your vacation not vacation trips? Yeah, it was a vacation for right. sure. Before before we move on to your two family style sides, John, did you did you pull up what exactly tiramisu is? It is indeed Lady Fingers. Oh, somebody Googled that. <clears throat> so, that was Carrie. Carrie so, was the one that said it was Lady Fingers, right? No, both your sisters said it was, Lady Fingers. said it was Lady Fingers. Lady Fingers soaked in espresso and rum are stacked, spread with mascarpone. Ah. <laughs> NASCAR? Like yeah. Going back to Jimmy Johnson or Johnny Johnson? Mascarpone. <laughs> and dusted dust with cocoa and <laughs> our version of this traditional... Italian dessert. Yeah, but but the picture you see right there, like a lot of times they they throw that in a bowl and they mix the whole thing. So then you just it's not like you're getting a cake in there. The more common way you're going to get this is more of like a like a bowl. It's been mixed all together and you're going to get chunks of different cake. I think I think the most important thing about this this whole dessert of what we're talking tiramisu here is is the cocoa and and like the the coffee oh, yeah, side it's of there. it, yeah, so important to end a meal. So good. Coffee after a meal is is seriously the best thing that I never take advantage of. I don't know why. I never do it. Europeans do it all the time. I know it should, should be it should be what happens all, all the time. Yes. But that would be a great way to go. It's because you like craft beer, Sam. I do Sam, love craft beer. Everybody want a coffee. A coffee, a little cafe, a little Nespresso. <laughs> oh, Nespresso. A me. After the coffee. I don't it's know what's me, going yeah. on here. All right, Ryan, we are on your two family sides. I don't. I don't care if these are family sides or not. I don't First know. ones I, I'm doing are muscles. Muscles. Nice. <laughs> Just muscles. So <laughs> side of seat. guns. That, that that seems like more of an appetizer to me. I don't. I don't care. Like I said, okay. you said you didn't this care. is your meal. This yeah. Is your I don't know what family style means. I you think won you're the Masters. You can do whatever me, the heck you want. You're forcing Ryan. me down a route with like family style sides, and I'm not going that. I just route. went off of what the Masters says to do. If okay? I have a side, I want a side of muscles. 
So that's I what I'm going to do. I would love a side of muscles. I just don't have enough on my side. <laughs> nice. I'm working on it, dude. Very I'm nice. trying to work out lately. <laughs> I'm getting a side of muscles over here. He's been arms. riding his Very dirt good. bike. Or Not dirt bike. bike. Yeah, there Mountain you go. Bike. It's dirt and bike. And then the, the next one I'm going to do is white asparagus with hollandaise sauce. What oh, is white. white asparagus? It's like green asparagus, so but it's white. white. <laughs> yeah. So white what's the taste matters. difference? All right. So the the taste difference is. No. I oh, I would no. say, <laughs> I would say the white asparagus, when it's done right, it has a, a shorter window of opportunity when you can pick it and when it's good. But when it's done right, it is creamier. It is. It's less like um, like stringy, I guess, than like normal asparagus would be. Does your pee mm. smell differently with white asparagus rather than green asparagus? Yeah, it's white. Personal experience, <laughs> it's just whiter, yeah. Is it? <laughs> no, it just smells the same to me. <laughs> he bought it. All right. I just moved on. I just no, moved it's on. I, what did he say? It what is so good, though. No. And, and, it, and it is mostly like late April and through like mid-May. That's basically the time when you get perfect white asparagus. All righty, all righty. Uh, main course. I will go with steak Florentine, which is uh, kind of like uh, what Micah was bringing up with with the what, what did you bring up? Sorry, tomahawk ribeye. Yeah, with the tomahawk, it's super rare. Ki- I mean, kind of rare, and it's cut up right in front of you on the platter, and it's it's what did you like call it again? In slabs, it's Florentine steak. Florentine. It comes from Florence. It's steak, mm. and it and it almost like they cook it in front of you, and the farther you go on, like it'll it'll cook as you go, and it is just it was so good. I mean, I, I, I you could go exactly with what Michael was saying too. I mean, the, I, there's nothing wrong with that, but I think with a main course, I think I feel like steak is the way to go with this. I mean, how could you not like a piece of meat that looks like that? Is that the Florentine steak? No, oh, it's a tomahawk. Goodness. Oh yeah, that's so, so good. Sorry, not I, everyone I, can I see agree that. with you. It's just just Google it. it. Like steak is steak, so it's good either way. And then I'm gonna go on to the on to dessert, and I will go with creme brulee. And it really is between well creme, done. It really is between creme brulee and and what we were tiramisu. tiramisu. Like if I see either one of those on a menu, I have a reputation at work to always get one of those two, no matter what. Like if somebody's like. You know, dessert, and everybody's like, "No, I'm good without it." And I look at, it, I'm like, "Oh, frick!" There's okay. creme brulee on there. Like, I will order a creme brulee. Here's a quick shout out. Wondering if you've been there for this one? It's lemon creme brulee down at Grand Rapids Brewing Company. Lemon creme brulee. It is to die for. I've never had it. You have got I, to try it. I've never had it. Where? What is the lemon? Is that in like the toasted part in like the I, solid? I don't know. It, it's, it's not. It's not overdone. So it's not too lemony. It's got just that that little bit of, you know, that that little bit of pop in there. You know, it's so good. So quick story. Uh, while I was in uh, Germany, one of the times, so I was at like this this trade show for the pharmaceutical industry. I would go from booth to booth. They had like their top chefs at each one of these booths, like two story. You would go there for dinner, for lunch, and they would put on a five course, seven course meal for you. It was was literally insane. Um, But they would have these like almost like tiramisu offs. Like they would compete against each other to see who had, especially the Italian companies, they would see who has the best Italian tiramisu and, and they would, they would just rave about these with their top cooks and they would invite 
us over, and I would go from booth to booth to booth, which again, two stories, basically restaurant style. So it's not necessarily a booth. They're they're they've got like twenty thousand square feet, but they would invite us in, and we would go from one booth to another, tiramisu over and over and over, and then basically I would just tell them all in the end that theirs was the best. And they would all like have this big old smile on their face. But, but they were really, really good, right? Oh my like gosh. just unreal. Phenomenal. Yeah. So, it, so good. Was Tiramisu your ears? <clears throat> creme brulee. Creme brulee was okay. So we got back on the confusion. And, and, and the reason is because creme brulee is a little less filling. So it doesn't matter what you've had throughout this meal. You if can you're, have if a you're sweet. stuffed, you can still go to creme brulee. Yeah, no, I, I love I love me some creme brulee for sure. Um so yours was bruschetta and melon, parmesan risotto. Prosciutto. All right, same thing. No, bruschetta um, <laughs> is actually a really good dish. Family. It's, a, <laughs> it's, it's more of like tomato base with like a toasted. Let him have bread. his moment. Just let me let Go me ahead. Just finish this segment here. A wafer. Um, your two family style sides: mussels and white asparagus. He said not green. The best part. Um, your main course was Florentine steak and then creme brulee for dessert. Um, John, do you do you happen to have yours available? Do you, do you have yours? I do, but first I have to question Dustin Johnson. I'm from Michigan, where vegetables are good to eat, like in the fall. What are spring vegetables? I uh, no idea. My guess would be like strawberries. I have no, I have no guess what spring vegetables are. <laughs> strawberries are not a vegetable. I'll have I'll have to ask his wife. What's her name? Uh, Paulina Gretzky. Okay. Um, I didn't well, did not yeah. know why I know. How do you know that so fast? <laughs> it's because Mike is cute. Mike is googling pictures of steak, and I'm over here googling pictures <laughs> of golfers' wife. So I don't. Hey, know. that's my computer. Hey. Also, asparagus, uh, spring veggie, <laughs> different pieces of meat, white asparagus. All right, <laughs> not, not All right. any other color. I'll uh, I'll agree with Sam. I'm a huge mozzarella stick guy. <sighs> ever since ever since I got an air fryer, I eat those almost every night. I'm not lying. Um, and I'm in a re- air fryer. I should probably do that. Be genius every night. <laughs> I'm not He's lying. gonna go home not tonight. Lying. Every time I'm at Family Fair, Family Fair, I, I grab like three or four boxes and things. Um, warm bread with garlic butter. Ooh, as like an appetizer. That's you know? a great choice. Yeah, I'm thinking. I love bread pre-meal. I love places that give you free bread. Yeah, if I it's just like a Walker Roadhouse, if I'm like at, every place, if I'm at the free bread, <laughs> I don't know what. If I'm at the Masters, I'm dressing up nice. I want things that might like throw stains on the clothes. Wait, hold on. Did what? I did I even say two of my apps? I only th- I think I only oh. got through one of them. Oh, you don't get the oh, list Ryan, four. Your ship has sailed, buddy. I'll come you back. Lost the I'll come back. No, you little, said bruschetta and little, no, no. bruschetta and melon. That's two. <laughs> it's the yeah, same that's thing. one dish, dude. Okay. The other one would be escargot it's with, your fault, with garlic I? butter and and uh, bread, but yeah, I mean, oh, go ahead, go yeah, ahead, no, John. I, I, I agree with you. Try this, this great combo. This one, I would like to. Right. Please. My first course would be bacon wrapped duck. If you've never had it, then you're missing out on life. I have had that. It's really good. My sides. I'm gonna also kind of lean here with Dustin Johnson and uh, Sam. Mashed potatoes, but there better be just a pile of gravy on top. Oh, I'm not a gravy guy. Oh, and the other corn juice is for the other the other side. And this is a, uh, I mean, she's not listening. Um, but shout out to my grandma, homemade applesauce. She's not a listener. She's not on the book. She actually just commented that she is listening. (laughs) (laughs) She's offended that you didn't think she was listening. She doesn't have a smartphone. Yeah, (laughs) maybe some dial up if we're lucky. Uh. Main dish, main course, 
barbecue ribs. Ooh. Again, Very if, nice. I, if I'm going to be golfing all weekend, I want my hands to get dirty the night before. Like, get that out of the way. <laughs> you know, clean golf ball, clean glove. And dessert, yellow cake, chocolate frosting, mint, cho- mint chocolate chip ice cream. So well done, John. you stuck with that mint and chocolate chip ice cream there. That that is my my daughter's favorite. She loves that ice cream so much. Which she I, loves I mean, it. You can't go wrong with with mint and chocolate chip. It's a solid solid choice. But um, what I wanted to do now is we'll jump over to our our betting hero segment. Um, and basically, uh, what what I want people to to know here is, is I know March Madness is winding down. But there are still some great deals out there to to uh, sign up for these um, different. I mean, so many different places to to bet on on sports, right, Ryan? Um, and Betting Hero is the place to do that. So you go to bettinghero.com, yes. sign up. <laughs> Mi bets is the the promo code to sign up on on Betting Hero, and you'll 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 get a full list of all of the available places. Um, to sign up in the state of Michigan and, and all of the current promotions. So if you signed up for, for uh, DraftKings six weeks ago and you're out of money, don't put more money back in that account. Go over to MGM and get their bonus. Get their their new their new user bonus. You get all that kind of stuff. Go to bettinghero.com. They'll have all of the best available um, promotions for in the state of Michigan and and it, you'll you'll get a lot of free money and it simplifies way. it for you it has every legal uh uh, mobile app sports betting option that you have in the state of Michigan, it lays it each one of them out for you, and it's not just a first time user bonus. They they keep doing these um, re ups because they're trying to keep people going. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you've already spent your your first time promotion on you know like maybe the Super Bowl or, or March Madness or something along those lines, like the big sports games. They will always be coming out week after week with something available for everybody as you go. And uh, the other side of this is um, this is the best way to support State of My Sports. If you go to bettinghero.com, promo code MIBETS, this is the best way to support this channel, this podcast, yeah. this, you know, all of us, I guess. And if you appreciate what we're doing, go ahead and do that, and it goes a long way. Yeah, for sure. And, and you sign up for, obviously, Betting Hero, and then you, you use their their links to sign up for MGM, uh Fox Sport, Fox Bets, uh, DraftKings, all whatever. Uh, what's the other? FanDuel. They're all there. So if you sign up through their website after you use our our promo code, uh, sign up, deposit some money, start betting on some of these games, make some make these games uh, more fun to watch, and you know it really helps us out a ton. So uh, like usual, what we're gonna do is as give you Trav's pick of the week. Um, he has the under. In the Tigers game tomorrow, he doesn't know what it's set at, but he's just like he's convinced that the under is the way to go. Um, and my Wednesday parlay, I have the Tigers win because why not? This is fun. Uh, you got the Nationals; they're gonna win. You got Scherzer against Smiley. Uh, last time I checked, so that's that's kind of fun with two former Tigers going against each other. I'm gonna take Scherzer on that one. Take the over in the Oilers sends. Um, my guess is gonna be six plus or minus six. Try to get that six and a half. You know, seven. You never know. Take the over in that, and then the Leafs minus one and a half. Uh, that 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 one seems like a really really fun one here. So what we gotta do now? Is we're gonna we're gonna finish our betting hero segment with a little bit of a draft here. We got to figure out the order though, Micah. I, I apologize. I'm on it. Oh, you're already on it. I just I just caught a glimpse of your phone, 
and and you're on it there. Um, so let's let's tell us who is gonna draft first. Ryan. Ryan, he gets the number one pick, and then we're gonna move down to. Two. Thank you. I earned that. Yeah, you did with a nice <laughs> spin of the wheel. Me. Micah is the second overall pick, and then Mirjan, Mirjan, Mirjan. That's a long spin for an app. <laughs> All righty. Boy, I landed on go. Ryan again. It sounds like we're going to go Ryan, Ryan me, did. Ryan, me. Ryan, no, Michael, no, Ryan. No, Got that's it. That's not how this works. Marked it down. That's not how this works. Ryan, we do need to get the music going as soon as we start our draft, though. And then our pick is in, too, you know? I don't you know what it. that means. Gentlemen. Uh, NFL draft. We are going to resort live. to rock, paper, scissors All if right, John, this keeps ready? happening. Are you ready? Best of three or best of five? Best of three. No, just... Best of three. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, This is ah, John. terrible radio. One more time. Rock, paper, scissors, This is good TV, though. Oh, one, say. one, 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 one. All right, here we go. Comes down to this. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. So they are currently going through yeah! Oh, yeah. three different I want the fourth Samuel. pick. I want the fourth pick. Oh. oh. All right. There it is. So, Johnny, you got That's the third. That's <laughs> right. Trying to get excited with this. I don't know. Snake snake draft. Snake draft. Yeah. Snake draft. All right, so Ryan, can you hit the NFL live music? This is probably gonna be wrong. Nope, that's right. And then get ready to get the pick is in number Sweet. two. Oh, I got it. Don't worry about that one. Right. I got it. Alrighty. So Ryan, you're on the clock, buddy. You get the first overall pick with our Masters Fearsome Foursome. So how this is going to work is we're going to draft our four players. Whoever has the lowest number when you combine all of their finish. So basically one. If you get first, you got a one. Basically, whoever has the lowest out of the four wins. Does that make sense? Makes a lot of all sense. All right. Perfect. I'm glad it makes sense to everybody. You guys are doing great. Thanks. All right, Ryan, you are on the clock with your first overall pick. Can you explain that last thing you just talked nope, about? Nope, just make a pick. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, I feel like with the first overall pick, I, I'm pressured into taking Dustin Johnson because he is the world's number one right now. Well, you didn't say your pick is in yet. I know. I'm still talking. I know. I'm I know. still talking. I, I, I but Jordan Spieth just came off of a big W, and he's win. done this before, right? Does he have the Masters win before? Has he won the Masters? So, I mean, it's a big deal. It, he, he does have a Masters win. I checked by John nodding his head. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> that means it's true. Um, the pick is in right now. I'm going to keep it simple, not overthinking it. I'm going Dustin Johnson. <laughs> That's a good pick. It makes sense. Back to back. You never know. All right, Micah, you're on the clock. Pick is in. I'm going to go with Jordan Spieth. Take him, baby. Hot hand, even though it took him a long time. What is that? His first win since 2017 or something like that? Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. No, I, I'm not. Not 17, not it. was it? I thought was it was, but I, I could be wrong on that. It might be, and that's insane. Four years. All right, Johnny, you're on the clock. Pick us in. No brainer. Justin Thomas. Ooh. Not bad, not bad. Very, very accurate off the tee. You need that at Augusta National. Alrighty, that means I'm on the clock here. I'm gonna go, or sorry, man, my pick's in. 
I'm going to go Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of the guy, but... But you and, want him on your team. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's... The, the course doesn't fit his game, and I get that. But at the same time, you can't you can't hate on something like that. Um, so my second pick is in... Oh, hold on. There we go. <laughs> I'm going to go Brooks Kepka. Ooh, nice. Fresh off a of knee surgery. Oh, no. Is your, see, this is the kind of stuff that uh, I don't know. Uh, oh, this sucks. I, I love that pick. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> well, that's when you know I don't pay attention to golf. All right, John, you're on the clock. Pick is in. This green jacket has eluded this golfer. He needs to win this major. Big time. It's going Rory. A little bit of Irish in him. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Rory McIlroy. I wish I would have taken him now. That was a dumb pick that you didn't take him. Not sure why you didn't. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> you hated that. <laughs> I'm so mad right now. All righty. Everybody knows Kepka had knee surgery. <laughs> yeah, everybody knew that. Including me. Until he wins and everybody's like, whoa, what the? <laughs> All righty. Oh, jeez. All right, pick is in. Give me John Rom. John Rom. Him and his wife just had a baby on Sunday. Oh, this would that's be a, storybook. It, it would be a good that's way to cap storybook. it. Storybook. How come you don't tell us this before the show starts? Because everyone knows. Everyone knows. All right, Ryan, you got back-to-back picks here to finish your foursome. All right? No, never mind. Not that up. Not quite. You'll get two and three here. Yeah. I mean, I'll be three quarters of the way there. Seventy-five percent. Pick is in. I will go with Patrick Reed. Ooh. Only the most hated player on tour. Perfect. That's exactly the guy I want. He likes to dig deep into the rule book. (laughs) So do I. So do I. Patrick Reed. 28 to 1 odds. Man, Matsuyama might be a good pick here. You're on the clock, buddy. This is is up to you. He's got repeatable uh, form there. Repeatable? Repeatable. Repeatable? (laughs) Get out of here. All right, pick is in. I push it, I promise. There it is. Justin Rose. Ooh. Why? Because I know his name and I feel like he'll <laughs> do good. Alrighty, alrighty. I don't even see him on the list. What are his odds? 70, 70 to, to 1. 70 to 1? You went all the way down there. We need the music, right? I wanted it. Oh, you got it. You got him. You kind of got him. Go with Ian you kind of got him with your last pick yeah. too. But <laughs> all right, pick is up. Oh, uh, uh. Give me Lee Westwood. Oh, dang it! I wanted that guy. I thought I was gonna give him my last pick. He's got the best looking caddy on tour. What's her name? His <laughs> name. Twenty-seven-year-old girlfriend or something. I don't Tom know. Brady. Oh, I did hear about that. Fiance, he, fiance. He came close to winning a major though. Yeah. Two or what was it the players? And he almost won. Yeah. Wait, it is a girl. It's not Paulina. No. <laughs> Dude, she. <laughs> uh, she looks like Paulina in a way though. Who would win in that match? Say no more. Say no more. Oh, Paulina all day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all righty, John. 
You're on the clock. Pick is in. Uh, Justin Rose is taken, by the way. Don't take him. I know. In honor of Travis Nickel and Westside Chambers Sports League, I'm going with Sung J.M. That makes sense. Look out. Dude can ball. I was totally going to do the same the thing. thing with him, the thing with him is like <laughs> he's not going to win, but he's going to finish in the top ten, no question. He but might not did. win, but he might M. <laughs> he's going to be sung. Who will be sung in after the fat lady sung or something like that? I don't Jay? Know. No, I think it, it might help with, like, stop Asian hate, you know? He'll win it. Oh, heck yeah, dude. It's perfect timing. All right. Storybook ending. My pick is in. It's, there it is. Hopefully he didn't have knee surgery. <laughs> Tony Finale. Oh, he's the one knee that surgery. He's the one that blew out his ankle and then like <laughs> popped it back into place. You're making this up. I swear, look oh it up. Oh my gosh, what is going on with you? No, it it was a couple years ago. It was a couple oh, years ago. All right, perfect. So we're good. We're good. Alright, so that is my my third pick. And my fourth you said, oh man, Lee Westwood's already gone. My pick I'm is making in, I a guess. pick. <laughs> Hideki Matsuyama. Matsuyama. Whatever. Asian lives matter. It was better, better pronunciation than Tangelo. Hideki Matsuyama. What about Phil? Anybody taking Phil? No. If we had to pick one that was 40 and up, I'm grabbing him for sure. <laughs> Wait, where are you grabbing him? Not a bad spot. <laughs> You're on the oh, clock. Oh, boy. John. Pick us in. You don't can't play. No. Nope. This is a reach. Max Homa. 80 to 1 odds. Oh, Whoa, boy. not on Where? my radar. Max, Homa. Homa, what a phoba. No, he's got great iron game. Great iron game. He might not drive the ball the, the furthest, Bryson, on the on the course, but. No, yeah. can. Wow, that, that's, that's, a, that's a name. That is a name. He, do, he does exist. Micah, your last pick. Ooh. All right, pick us up. I will take Patrick Cantley. He can't lay up, baby, because he's too good. That's what I think of every time I say his name. Patrick Cantley, twenty-two to one odds. Doom, 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 doom. Alrighty, Ryan, you get the last pick, and this is this is the guy that's going to win the tournament. You know that, right? He's the Mister. Yeah, I'm aware of that, dude. What the heck, dude? Yeah, get it, dude. Dude, dude. dude. Hey, come on, dude. Quick question: Where's the Where's the dude sponsored by Puma? Where's that dude? Ricky Fowler, yeah, pretty where is Ricky. He? Is he where even is on he? here? I'm not seeing him anywhere. Is he hurt? He's got a really as well. He's done a really good job in the girlfriend slash wife maybe potentially department. If you're into brunettes, you got to pick Ricky Fowler. I, I, Where is he even on the list? Is saying. he playing? 
I don't even you know see what? him on our list. You know what? I don't care if he's playing or not. <laughs> oh, come the on. Pick, the I pick, take no, him. No, no, the no, pick no, is no, in. No. <laughs> is he playing? The pick is in, and it's obviously Ricky Fowler. Dude is freaking sweet. He did a great job with his choice of mate, and he also <laughs> likes motocross slash supercross, so you can't go wrong with that pick. Are you just judging that because of his hat? you think he likes motocross? No, I, I know he loves motocross slash supercross, All and right. I know he's no, done a great job with his mate. All right, mate. Hold, hold, hold on. Don't don't restart the music. we got to figure out if this guy's even playing. I don't care if he's playing. He's done a great job with his mate. You're going to lose if he doesn't play because that's worth 675 points. What's his wife's made name, that guys? Rule up. I don't think he's married, is he? Is Ricky Fowler married? I think just engaged. Just engaged. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like. I think Aaron Rodgers has been engaged like three times. Google just taught me that he doesn't spell his name with a Y either. It's I-E, Ricky. Dude, I think he's married, and it's... Maybe that's why a, he's not playing. A pole, vault, a pole vaulter who <laughs> is good at golf. First article um, that comes up on Google, Ricky Fowler has been struggling so badly on the greens he can't even pull a pin out. <laughs> he can't pull out? Poor guy. I mean... <laughs> he's going to have a baby before we know it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I'm taking Ricky Fowler. I don't think he's playing. So I'm just. All right. Backup plan Bubba Watson. <laughs> he is going to be watching the tournament from home. All right. We need, All a, right. We need a new pick. Pick is in. Bubba Watson. He's got two jackets. Hold on. Bubba. Is Bubba Watson. Hold on. Is what? Gilmore still on the board? <laughs> Gilmore. Gilmore. Gil- You're not on the list? Gilmore happy? Nope. Well, better luck next year. <laughs> <laughs> Bubba Watson. Oh, Cheers to that one. All right. All right. We got it. We're going to have to get into our beer grades here, Ryan. What do you think about that? I'm thinking there's something I need I need to do. <laughs> and if you could that, just spell it out that for happy me. Happy finger. Keep that happy finger rolling. I'm thinking beer grade. It is time to grade our Michigan beers for this episode. But before we do, I want to once again remind everyone of our partner, Siciliano's Market. They're simply the best beer store in West Michigan, located on Lake Michigan Drive, right between Grand Valley State University's main campus and downtown Grand Rapids. Wherever you live in West Michigan, it is worth a short drive for what they have to offer. Whether you know what you want or you need some help from their expert staff, Siciliano's Market is the best place for that. They not only have a massive and up-to-date inventory of the best craft beers from across our great nation, they're individually priced so you can mix and match to build your own six-pack. Along with their great selection of craft beer they have specialty wines spirits ciders coffee tea tobacco and cigars they also have the largest selection of homebrew and wine making supplies in west michigan we love that siciliano's market is part of the state of my sports family and is who we visit to help us choose our michigan beers for each and every episode so please check them out and let them know that we sent you all righty that was a fun episode so far but we do have to get into our beer grades what's going on over there you guys are giggling about something. <laughs> I'll show you later. It's hilarious. Oh, man. Classic it's, Illinois. It's just a funny thing. It's it's not Ricky Fowler's fiance, is it? She is not funny. Okay, that's serious business. <laughs> she's <laughs> she's nice. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Can you remind everybody what you're drinking and give it a nice little grade? Yeah, M43. This is uh this is from Old Nation Brewing Company, and. Uh, just to go through some of the hops because they have so many listed here. Calypso, Amarillo, Citra, um, and then the dry hops, Citra, Amarillo, and Simcoe. So <laughs> I, I know I listed two of them, but two of them were boiled, and then two of them were dried. So the, the Calypso and Amarillo were both, or maybe it was Citra. I don't know, man. 
<laughs> I've been enjoying this fort, <laughs> this M48. Killing it. I I honestly don't. I'm just. I'm over. No, that that is a good beer. You're not overrating it because you're. you're It's a phenomenal beer. It really, really is. It's so easy to drink. It's so has great flavor to it. Uh, This this is one of my favorite beers, and I don't know if this is too high. Nope. Or it's not. That is such a great beer. Or what? But I'm gonna go a nine point oh. Oof. And I know I know that's high, but it it's worth it. M forty three. That almost beat your lemon water. At well, it's not. It's not. I wouldn't say quite <laughs> lemon water quality, but lemon water is great not on a hot pure. summer day and also a cold winter night. So I'm just M43 9.0. Well done. I, I, that's a good score. I like that. I like that one a lot. All right, Mike, what are you drinking? Uh, give it a little nice yeah, grade. Yeah, from Big Lake Brewing, drinking Tangerine Haze, their juicy New England IPA. And you all right over there? All right, perfect. Uh, it's got citra and mosaic hops, and it's brewed with a lot of real tangerines, and it's got an American flag. I love it. It's great. You can. Hopefully you see it. Um, <laughs> I think my mic's so, so I'm just talking like it's not. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I don't see an alcohol by volume content in, on the uh, label, but it's good. <laughs> I feel great on a Tuesday. I'm going to go with a 7.3. That's that. That's a good score. Seven three is not bad. Bump it a little bit. All right, we're having we're having YouTube troubles here because I'm just I'm just a disaster and, and bumping everything and <laughs> stuff stuff that? goes on. I have no idea. Did but, you bump that, Sam? You moved the. I guess the I did. I don't know how I bumped that what camera. The heck, dude? Oh, oh! I knocked the glass down and the glass hit it and it was just a big what a rookie big move. But John's not doing a good job at, at readjusting. He's got to go the other direction there. This is this is live stuff. This is how it, how it rolls. You can touch the somebody else talk while I do this. Are you gonna introduce? Nobody's talking. Yeah. So I pretty so sure it's Sam, your turn to yes. introduce your beer, Sam. So <laughs> Sam's making a few adjustments, and it's Did I get it right? he's just trying to. Should I go on to, to the Arvon? This is this is how it works. Honestly, sometimes. I'll go so, I'll go on to the Arvon. Yeah, three, three, three weeks beer. off. Three weeks off, right? Three weeks off. I don't know how to do this anymore. It's so confusing. No, all right. I, all right, I'm in. I'm in, Ryan. All right, you Sam's don't have to worry in. About it. All right, so I am drinking from Shorts Brew, um, the Double Soft Parade. It is their fruit ale brewed with double the strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, and blackberries. Um, I mean, obviously, we all know Shorts Brewing Company is in Oak Rapids, uh, Michigan. It, it's so, all right, I, I don't want to hate on this beer too much, but I think oh. I might. Oh, and, and, and this it's not about I mean Shorts does a good job and Soft Parade is a, a great beer. So I was I think my expectations were a little too high. Um all I can taste when I drink this are the blackberries. And that that's a little too too strong for me and and it it hurts the grade a little bit. Um it, I'm going to go with a 65. Which is not a good score and I I feel bad I feel bad with it. But at the same time, it's just – I think I, I set Soft Parade as, as how it is, as, as a much you higher You love grade. Soft Parade. I, I'm a big J- fan of that Just beer. like everyone else does. Yeah. So, like, that's where I'm, like – you know, I, I kind of compare it to the, the two-hearted compared to the double-hearted type thing. Yeah. Where I, I don't think double-hearted was, was, was good at all. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at Or even, this. like, light-hearted. Exactly. Just well, stick with two-hearted. I thought light-hearted was a little better, but two-hearted was, like, it, it was what it should be. And I feel like – 
I feel like Soft Raid is done so perfectly that the double, like, I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it's just, it didn't do what I what it should have done. Too much fruit, too much blackberry. What's the grade? I think that's the key. Uh, 6.5 is what I gave it, which is pretty low. Yeah. Um, have you rated Soft Raid? I don't know if I have, actually. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. I don't think I have. Next episode. Well, that's episode 100, and that's a whole different ballgame. Oh, sorry. Another animal. I won't, I won't go into that. So, anyways, we're all drinking something else. Ryan, you want to tell everybody what we're drinking here? Yeah, Peep Patch. <laughs> so good. It's like the worst thing to say with a microphone. Peep Patch. Yeah, it, red. it gets that. A lot out. of red. Yeah. A lot of red. Uh, this is from Arvon Brewing Company. And I want to give it a proper introduction, but I won't. Okay. Well. <laughs> 5.0 alcohol by volume. It, it, this is canned with fruit in it. It is canned with fruit. That is that is a key. That is a great point. Um, so <laughs> this is you. part of their, their kind of like Easter release that, that came out on um, Wednesday. It's very and peepy peel, and patchy. Uh, porn. But their peat patch is a seven or 5% alcohol by volume. It's their kettle sour with blueberries, strawberries, peeps. That, that wasn't me, was it? And their lactose. <laughs> what? What's going on? What's going on over here? I have no idea. Did I just repeat everything you said? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I got to know no, what's no, going on. I didn't say that, I promise. Okay. <laughs> I think you just slipped a Paul Pierce reference in <laughs> oh, there. Oh, Paul Pierce. What a garbage human. Um, well, I mean... <laughs> Don't get too hard Man. yet. We haven't gotten uh, to this point in an episode in a long time. <laughs> you know how the lion sign corn, elder? <laughs> you just said that same thing with the P. Elder corn. What? Okay, I, I, want, porn? I wondered if he did. Did I say porn? Well, that's three times. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what was I supposed to say? Peeps? Like, I'm so confused about what I said. Sam's pick is in. <laughs> All right, right, let's somebody grade the peeps version of this beer. Dude, I... Ryan, just start with the peeps. Yeah, yeah. Peep patch. Peep patch. What did I say? <laughs> you guys are just... For some reason, you said porn. I don't know you, why you said it. Yeah. I feel However, like you guys are making this up. No, no. However, this uh, is... Kind of like a, Kyle with the mail-watching thing. That <laughs> that's not made up. I'll go <laughs> dig it out. So... Couldn't find it. This is phenomenal. I. Uh, this has so much I, flavor. Yeah. And I'm going to give it a really, really good grade. Oh, I'm gonna go. Going? I'm going to go 8-8. Eight, eight. Which I don't know if that's the highest for Arvon yet that I've given, but it deserves to be among the top. I, I hmm. <laughs> I'm curious where you're at because I'm right, right around the same area. I here. am in the same area. I'm going eight nine. Eight nine. Yep. This is this is such a good beer. It is perfectly it, done. It is sour to a T for Arvon. It is it is absolutely perfect. Flavor forward. Just um, but, you but cannot also, get any more fruity flavors than this, and keep the alcohol <laughs> that's but, in it. But it still tastes like juice. It tastes so, like juice, but it still has the beer too. It still holds true to the beer. That's what I. That's so important to me. Right, but if you don't like the beer taste, like that generic beer taste, I promise you, you will probably like this. This is one you could slip by the the beer snobs, the people that don't like beer. That are like, eh, no, I don't drink beer. But that you can slip this over to... Oh, a sour? Not that I'm going to slip a drink to anybody, but... Um, <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like slipping <laughs> your... talking about Acorn here, yeah. whatever his name is. <laughs> I thought you meant slipping your thermos <laughs> at work. Like, I could drink this stuff all day long. And, you know. Yeah, it's well, I mean, juice, 5%, dude. it's possible. I, I, I think you guys are right on with the 8.8 eight and 8.9. 
Uh, can I go eight eight five or no? <laughs> I probably can't do eight, that. Eight eight five. No, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna go You're first. Just do the nine. It rounds up. Hit the nine. nine. I'm going to nine zero. Yeah. Ooh. Right, I'm gonna there do you it. Go. This is excellent. Love this beer. I don't know if it's a rebrand of, of other stuff, but like this is make this make this a lot, Arvon, please, because this is well done. If you guys haven't found it yet or or searched it out, check out their website. They might still have some cans available that they'll deliver to you. I don't know. Ask them. Not if Sam doesn't buy them out first. I might buy them out. This is <laughs> absolutely beautiful. Beautifully done. Love the cans, too. I don't know if you can see the can. For the people that are watching, you can see it. But it has little peeps on it. It's pink. <laughs> so good. I don't know what's going on. Ryan, you're supposed to be queuing up the, the music the here outro soon. outro music? Just keep talking um, for a while. No, I'll but, find, I mean, I'll find guys, it in four minutes. Look, episode 99, th- that's a big one. I know the big one's next week with episode 100. We're going to record on, on Tuesday. Uh, jo- or, uh, we'll all be here. Kyle's going to be back from vacation. Uh, Trav's going to join us as well. I mean, th- th- it's going to be a good time. I'm excited. It's going to be have, a rager. We're going to kind of go back on a lot of out of the goofy <laughs> stuff that Man, I mostly so. I have said. But, yeah, I hope uh, we can get in like all the best moments. Yeah, so we're going to get into that, and we're going to talk some sports as well, drink some beer as well. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you guys for recording. Thank you guys for listening. If not sooner. We'll talk to you next week if not sooner. Peace. again to all our great sponsors the house brewing company and cafe siciliano's market mac web design also thank you to paradise outlaw for allowing us to use their music for our introduction detroit hustle and for our out six feet down <laughs>